Hello and welcome to the 200th episode of Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood, but most importantly, Doctor Who today, listeners. Thank goodness. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the multifaceted Matt. Here we go, here we go, here we f***ing go. Episode 200, David. <laughs> Episode 200. Big I mean, party vibes. Big party vibes. Putting them out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. It does feel slightly less special than episode 100. Uh, when we did episode 100, I was like, I cannot believe we've been going this long. Uh, at this point, 200 in, I'm a bit like, yeah, seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's because in the early days you thought I'd have bowed out before episode 100. Now, we, yeah. the wheels keep turning, we just keep going. I mean, yeah, I, I, even Torchwood isn't breaking you. So. No, no. <laughs> you, you, we, clearly, I don't, I don't know what... Maybe if we just start doing um, classic in order... Maybe just week after week of Hartnell might <laughs> <Like> finally <laughs> be enough for you to throw in the towel. But who knows? Uh, for anyway, but anyway, we've made it. Yeah. 200 episodes plus however many bonuses we've I th- done. I think it's... when I looked, I think this will be episode 226. Oh, that's too much, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Too much content. Yeah. I say, you know, too much of a good thing. Our adoring public still demand it from us. It seems that way. It seems that way. Um, Despite my best efforts, (laughs) those absolute slugs that listen every week, and they just keep coming back. They do. We can't shift them. No. Uh, So, I mean... So yeah, we 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 try. We're going to try this week, listeners, to make it special. We are, of course, doing the three doctors. That in itself is exciting. First ever multi-doctor story feels a bit special. Uh, plus, just just the fact that we're doing a bit of Doctor Who—that's a nice treat, isn't it? I mean, is it worth saying, David, that we're recording it in two parts? So, you know, the, the listeners don't need to yeah. know this, but we just couldn't be bothered doing one big one. So we're just going to do a little bit tonight, a little bit later in the week. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We're actually recording this a day after um, last week's episode. Yeah. yeah. So when I ask you, how's your week been, Matt? It's more like, how's the last 24 hours been? Uh, I'm back at work now, if nothing else. Ah, um, how are you finding that? It's been an okay day at work. Teacher training day. Drank a lot of coffee. Oh, lovely. Had some really nice lovely. grapes. Mmm. I love a good grape. Oh, these these were like the size of watermelons. I've never seen grapes like them. Yeah, well, there's. I mean, I think we've been conditioned because supermarket grapes. I, I'm going to sound like such a snob right now. My general experience is supermarket grapes are never that great. You, you at best you get in a seven out of ten grape. But the other day, my partner swung by the uh, the the green grocers in in the the sort of town we live near. Mm-hmm. Um, you you you'll know the one, Matt. I do. I know it and, well. And she she brought these grapes home, and my God, they were world class grapes. This absolutely divine. There's just nothing. And it just makes you realise, doesn't it? Yeah. But anyway, um, 
we're not we're not bringing grape of the week back, listeners. No, no. So please stop emailing us. Yeah, it's not happening. We're sticking with the regular features, and we've also got a couple of little uh, little bonus treats to do before we dive into the three doctors. Yeah. Um, so. I have sketched out a little running order for us, Matt. I thought we'd, we'd alternate it. Okay. We'll do regular feature, then we'll do something... Uh, uh, we'll do a one-off, then we'll do another regular feature. Yeah, And then we'll end that. with the grand finale. Or at least I guess it's sort of like the mid-episode finale. Um, but all right, so I thought um, if you got it to hand... You could dig out uh, this month's DWM and we could start there. Yeah, why not? I've got it just to hand. Say just to hand, it's Lovely. on the floor. That's where it lives between recordings. <laughs> it deserves no better. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make a big point of slamming it on the floor when yeah. we're finished. You, um, uh, you, 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 you so, reserve your table for quality publication. Uh, do you know what? I, I, right. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I said, oh, I've started seeing someone, and there was that embarrassing story where you text me. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, it's, it's, it's an ongoing um, mm -hmm. process, and she came around the other day, and she, she said, oh, where should, where should I hang my car? I went, oh, just sling it on the chair in the spare room. I, I record in my spare mm -hmm. room. And she came in, yeah. and there was an open notebook of notes on Doctor Who, Two copies of Doctor <laughs> Who magazine, uh, the novelisation of the TV movie, and an illustrated A to Z book of Doctor Who. And she was just like, do, do you have a Doctor Who room? And I had to like go, no, no. Um, now the funny thing about that is, um, um, just put your car on the chair and get out. <laughs> I think possibly, you know, Matt, you've got more Doctor Who stuff than I have. Yeah, I didn't even mention there was bloody Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit and Anthony Ainley Coaster when she was like, oh, who's that? I just went, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> but to be clear, this is coming from a man who is currently within touching distance of... Uh, five separate Doctor Who items. I've got my Doctor Who coaster courtesy of you, gifted to me, uh, goodness me, so many episodes ago. Um, I've got my Weeping Angel action figure haunting me from, from above, um, looming over my desk. I've got um, a postcard of Jodie Whittaker in full uh, Who regalia. Um, I've got my Doctor Who calendar, um, if you're wondering, listeners, we're currently in the month of Tenth Doctor. Yeah, it's a, it's a Doctor Who topless calendar, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, sexy Tom Baker, all oiled up. <laughs> yes, indeed. And um, behind me, I've got uh, a very large poster of uh, John Pertwee assaulting a uh, sea devil which um, joins me in the background of every Zoom call I have for work oh, nice. and has never once elicited comment from my colleagues. Wow. Wow. Well, um, but we, anyway. we never have the webcams on when we record. <laughs> we don't. I, I sit in a perfectly white room. <laughs> <laughs> Just a blank void. There's not even any furniture. 
you, yeah. we don't, you, you might think we're recording this over Skype blisters. You're actually communicating telepathically with me right now. Yeah, it's just an endless void. Mm. Uh, although there is a little, like, frog on a chair. I wonder what that's all about. Probably not important. No, no. Someone will complain about <laughs> it, though, won't they? <laughs> right. right, Matt, without any further ado, let us let us. Letters. So the Doctor Who magazine, David, has yes. obviously just got two segments at the moment. Target novelizations, mm-hmm. Bernard Cribbins. So there's only yeah. four letters about Bernard Cribbins, and I am only going to read two of them today because we need the other two okay. for a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, gotta gotta really milk it for all it's worth, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, getting every penny's worth of my. What is it? Six pounds ninety nine. Right. You really need to consider subscribing, Matt. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yes. Hit me with the first uh, Cribbins letter. Okay. So, the first one comes from Ben Woolman in rugby. Do you want to say hello, David? Ben's a big fan of the show. He's always listening. Hi, Ben. So, Ben says it's hard to believe Bernard Cribbins appeared in fewer than a dozen episodes as Wilf. He had so many brilliant moments and such heartfelt dialogue. He was, in essence, the nation's beloved granddad. He could make you laugh or cry at the drop of a hat, the latter of which, for me, wasn't an easy feat. His character was so wholesome and refreshing, eagerly encouraging his granddaughter to travel the universe. It is testament to Bernard Cribbins' extraordinary acting ability that Wilfred Mott, to this day, remains one of my favourite ever characters despite his limited screen time. Yeah. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. He, he did so much with so little, didn't he? Yeah. What a lasting impression from so few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole thing about, you know, Nation's Grandad, it's the thing that could, you could see trotted out about a lot of, you know, uh, public figures of a certain vintage and stuff. I don't think there is anyone... That it rings truer for than Cribbins, in all honesty. No, you know we we've already said our part, but he's just brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely is. Right, you got one more for me, man. Yeah, this one comes from our old friend Daniel Clements in Leicester. Oh, lovely to hear from him again. Hi, Daniel. He says, "Just gutted to hear about the sad passing of Bernard Cribbins," and. I, I just echo that. I remember waking up, seeing it on the internet, and just straight away banging a message to you, banging a message in our WhatsApp group with the other Doctor Who podcast. Yeah. Absolutely heartbreaking. You know, I was actually, I was travelling back from London the day that it was happening, uh, uh, that the news broke, and uh, my my partner actually messaged me and just said, just don't go on the news right now. Don't worry about it. It can wait until you get home. <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, so she was genuinely that concerned that it would sort of knock me off my axis when I've I've got enough on my plate just trying to get out of London. Um, of course, uh, thirty minutes later, I'm sat in London's King's Cross and they got a ginormous uh, screen oh, showing BBC rolling news. Screen, isn't it? Yeah, 
and uh, of course I saw it there, and then I was like, oh, oh yeah, no, I see why she said that. <laughs> Never mind. Right. So Daniel um, goes yeah. on to say, Wilfred Mott and Tom Campbell are great characters spanning the decades. He was amazing in Doctor Who, but was much, much more than that to my generation. The Wombles, Carry On, Jack and Ari, The Railway Children, to my kids' generation even, my son was delighted to find him as Jolly Jack in the 1970s Wurzel Gummidge that starred John Pertwee. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He's just... He, he really was kind of... There, there aren't, there aren't many public figures and you know actors, performers, whatever that can get away with being omnipresent without just becoming wearing. Like, do you remember when we were at that period of peak Jimmy Carr, and you couldn't turn on Channel Four mm. without Jimmy Bloody Carr being on 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 your screen? You know, it. it, it I mean that's a, that's maybe not a great um, comparison point, but you, you get what I mean. That there really aren't many people that, no matter how many times they show up in whatever capacity, you're just like, oh great, I'm glad they're in it. But Cribbins was definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. Just whatever he was doing, like it, it, I, I'm I'm someone where you know if I'm stuck on the TV and they're they're doing like I don't know a celebrity edition of the weakest link I wouldn't look twice at it but if I just happened to spot that Cribbins was on it when they were when I was channel hopping I'd be like oh you know what I'm gonna watch ten minutes of this just get a little dose of Cribbins um, yeah uh, I mean we we, we maybe we we we're, we're sounding like stuck records at this point but honestly you know. Now, Brilliant. a couple of quick um, questions then, David. Yes, Matt. Uh, yeah. So, 38 across, organisation headed by the Brigadier. One letter, one letter, one letter, one letter. Um, I believe it's... Um, it, uh, it's S-H-I-T. Yeah. Is that right? I, I thought it was that. I've actually penned in piss, but you're right. Now that it's come to mind, yeah. <laughs> See, I have to. I think I think Piss is the, is a sister organisation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if I just look here, um, I just wonder, David, could you help me with this other yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's the job taken by the doctor at Coal Hill School. Nine letters. Um. I can't... I'm trying to figure out... I don't know whether this is too many letters or not. Is Executioner... Does that fit? Um, I'll make it fit. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's right, isn't it? Work, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You just cram all the letters in. Yeah. Should we do one more? We, yeah, we've right, completed the whole thing. We're doing well. Oh, fantastic. Right. Uh, it's... Three across, creatures trapped in the devil's cairn. Three, six, two, five. Three, six, two, five. The devil's cairn. Um. I, I'm, you know what? I'm trying to think of the real answer for this one. Uh, I, I, I've put the grapes of wrath, and it seems to fit. Okay, great. I think you've got it there. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Well done, everyone. Well done. 
And with that, bish bash bosh, the, ceremoni yeah. the ceremonial throwing of Doctor Who magazine on the floor. <laughs> See you next week, DWM. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, Matt. Hello. Speaking of ceremony, we're doing something quite special. We are unprecedented, even. Um, I don't know why why no one in the history of Doctor Who fandom, be that podcasting, YouTube, anything like that, has ever thought to do this before. But we are going to attempt to rank all the Doctors. Yeah. Um. So, I've never, I've never really, I've never kind of wanted to admit to myself that I have a definitive ranking, if that makes sense. Because I just, I love Doctor Who. I love all of it, and it feels sort of sad in some ways to pit bits of it against other bits mm. but you know um I, I it's interesting as an intellectual exercise what i wanted to know about was do you want to try and actually if this is to be definitive do we need to agree well what i thought we could do is yeah. i've scored mine one to 15 because we've included the fugitive mm -hmm. and the war doctor and then yeah. as we go through we can add my score to your score, and then we'll just aggregate it. All right, okay. Yep, happy to do that. Okay, so, so for example, my first and lowest ranked Doctor gets a one point, my last mm -hmm. and highest gets 15, and then we'll just score them based on that. Yeah, all right, okay. Right. Um, if you're happy to do the maths on that. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll add it up as we go, don't worry. Okay, right. So, should, do you want me to start with my... Yeah, I think people can probably guess who my lowest ranked is, so we'll go with yours first. Okay, so so mine is the Seventh Doctor. Okay. Sylvester McCoy. Wow. Um, I think I think if you, if you ask me to name a, any... To be clear, I, I enjoy stories from every incarnation of the doctor i don't have like one that i outright dislike so we're starting from a place of i quite like them <laughs> you know that's i want to be clear about that but i would say if there is one that i have struggled to consistently connect with emotionally it is the seventh doctor mm -hmm. um and I don't think that's any fault of McCoy as a performer. I think it's more down to his material. Um, it's not helped by the the sort of darker nature they, they gave to him in a lot of the expanded media in the wilderness era. Oh, God. Um, Those Virgin New Adventures. Yeah. What, what, what little I've encountered of that didn't help matters. Um, and... He is the classic Doctor that I've explored the least of in the in the realms of Big Finish, so I think there's room for there's room for him to 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 go up in my estimation over time. But as things stand, um, McCoy Seventh Doctor probably my least favourite Doctor. Okay, for me, I've gone, I've gone Troughton, and mm -hmm. that that was just simply. And the thing is, if you go back and listen to when we watched Tomb of the Cybermen, I'm like, he's so much better than the first Doctor. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if I agree with that statement anymore. I just, 
I don't know. There was just something about him <coughs> I just didn't enjoy. It's I, just rubbed you up the wrong way. We've. We, I, I think we'll crack Troughton one day. I think sooner or later you'll you'll see the appeal, but you're not there at the moment. I think. No. Which no. which is fine. Should Should I go for okay. my number two? Should we alternate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My number two. I've gone Hartnell. And again, right. I think it, it's as much as his character is old, cantankerous doctor. I think it's as well, you know, the period the show was being made, it was limited in what it was able to do. You know, we know how hamstrung its production was at the time. I, I just yeah. didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so my my uh, number two or number 14, depending on whether you're counting up, counting down, whatever, but my, my second lowest... Um, I've gone with the fugitive doctor. Oh, really? Not because not because I don't like what we've got, but because there isn't enough of it yet. Mm-hmm. For me, the fugitive doctor is still one of the great unknowns. I really hope we get a good bit of payoff to her incarnation on TV because I don't know that we're getting much more of that in in RTD's second era. Um, I know we've got some big finish stuff on the way. I think there's maybe some comics that either are coming out or have now come out. I'm very keen to read that when, when I get my hands on it. Um, I, I, I really, I, I'm probably going to, for a few years, be lapping up anything I can in terms of additional content related to the Fugitive Doctor. But as things stand, I've got uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon, a uh, handful of cameos in other Whitaker era stories and no real, no standalone stories to really glom onto that incarnation with. Mm-hmm. What, um, what about your number three? My number three is the first Doctor, William Hartnell. Ooh. Okay. So, kind of, kind of echoing what you said, really. Um, it's just uh, the thing with the th- thing with Hartnell is, I mean, I get I get that we 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 don't have Doctor Who without him, right? Yeah, we don't. But having said that, I find a a lot of his that very early Doctor Who amongst the hardest classic Who to watch because. It, it, it feels so primitive by comparison. And also that incarnation of the Doctor, um, <coughs> it, it, you kind of, it, it, it really isn't until his second series that you really, it, things start to firm up a bit. Um, and you got, you start to get more of his playful side. And I don't know, you, you know, it breaks my heart to put him this low, but I, I, I think he kind of has to go there. See, for me. I, I feel the same way about my number three, Peter Davidson. Right. Like, right. I, okay. I don't want to score him that low, but I just feel in the stories I've seen, the Doctor isn't really that special. He's basically a detective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a very conscious effort on their part to sort of dial back the the the, the sort of eccentricity after the very full-on fourth Doctor. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it was it w works in that context as a palate cleanser. But I I think that the downside of that is with the Fifth Doctor, he does come across as a little bit bland by comparison, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what about your number four? I've gone Tom Baker. Controversially wow. putting low, but he's just a bit of a cock, isn't he? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm neither going to agree nor disagree. I, w I, I will tip my hat slightly and say, um, Tom Baker's also not. Uh, I don't think he's cracking the top half of my mm. ranking either. He, so, but we, we haven't four. quite got there yet. Sorry. My number four is the tenth Doctor, Tenant. Ooh. Mm. So I think what I can say about that incarnation is when I'm watching a Tenant episode, I'm fully engaged, I'm fully entertained, but a lot of his mannerisms and a lot of his the in-universe like actions that his doctor takes don't sit well with me mm -hmm. um ten the tenant era is my least favorite era of new who mm -hmm. so see that leads into my next pick i know i've gone out of order here but my number five right. my least favorite modern doctor and it's not that i didn't like the doctor I just felt it was the weakest period of New Who. I've gone Whitaker. Yeah. Okay, that's reasonable. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely. I'm more out on a limb in uh, in in ranking Tennant lower than Whitaker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some people would say their performances are the same, David. So don't feel too bad. Yeah. I mean, I've never understood that as a criticism of Whitaker. Yeah. That seems bonkers to me. Um, they couldn't be more different. Anyway, so um, where, where, uh, you've confused me now, Matt. Sorry, where, do you want my five. number five? My number five. Uh, my number five is the War Doctor, John Hurt. Um, I think he's a really interesting incarnation. I like what little we get on TV. Um, I And I also quite enjoy everything I've heard in terms of audio, both the one starring her and the ones with Jonathan Carley taking on the role. Um, a very consistently engaging version of the Doctor, but also I'm very aware that it's also a very fannish one. Do you know what I mean? Because he is sort of... He is slightly off to one side and, yeah. you know, you, you kind of... If you're talking about the war doctor, you do, you know, you have to push your, your glasses up your nose and say, well, actually, you know, it, it's that kind of a, a situation. So I think it's it, it it's it seems about the right place for ranking him. What about your number yeah. six, then? We'll get back into order. OK, my number six is is um, the aforementioned Peter Davison, okay. fifth doctor. Yeah. Um, so not, you know, not my, not my least favorite classic doctor, but also not one that I'm, I don't know. I, 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 I always enjoy 
Davison on screen and also on audio as well. I think he's 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 very good on audio with Big Finish, as indeed all the classic Doctors are that have done stuff with them. Um, but as you say, he's not. I don't think he hits the highs that some of the other doctors do. Mm. See, and I think that's that's almost a conscious choice. That that's similar for my number six. I've gone for McCoy, and right, I, okay, yeah, he's just fine. You know, some bits I liked, yeah. some bits I didn't like. Just fine. Okay. Uh, for my number seven, I've put David Tennant. Now I think. I've scored him higher than you did because he was early in my Doctor Who education. A lot of the times, you know, I, I always say that the the moment I started to kind of enjoy doing this was Girl in the Fireplace. Mm. That was the first yeah. really good episode, I remember. So yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I think I've got more fondness for him than you do just because no, it was yeah. in like the embryonic stages of doing this look I, I i i get it i'm not one of those people who claims that that they don't get the appeal of david tennant i absolutely do he is for all intents and purposes the, the tom baker of um of new who the definitive longest running um the the, the incumbent doctor when that show was at its peak of popularity in the 21st century. So I totally get it. It's, it's just comes down. It's more of a personal taste thing than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, so for my number, where are we up to? One, two, three, four. Um, so yes, my number eight is the fourth doctor, Tom Baker. Okay. Speaking of which. Yeah. So again, like I really, I really like Tom Baker when I'm watching him, but I when I when I think about his Doctor outside of the context of watching him, I can find the concept a little wearisome sometimes. He's a cock, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think I think the people that rate him as as like number one, it's like uh, there is an element of nostalgia at play there. See, I think inevitably. See, for my number eight, I've gone Colin Baker. Mm -hmm. And I... I, just, I, know, I know he's unpopular amongst... Not unpopular, but, you know, seen as a weak period. I, I've really enjoyed everything yeah. I've seen of him. Mark of the Rani, great. Twin Dilemma, great. Colin Baker, Great. I think the thing with Colin Baker is um, the reason that a lot of people are down on him is because they they would make the argument that his his scripts were pretty much uniformly shite. It's the reason why a lot of people are down on Whitaker as well. It's like, oh, she's not doing anything wrong. It's the writing. Um, but I kind of disagree with that assessment of, of Colin Baker's era that the scripts were uniformly terrible. And and whether they are or not, that bloke gives it 100% mm. every week. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Can I just check, David? Have I skipped your number seven? I think you may have, yeah. Who, who did you um, go for? Hang on. 
So um, it's just confusing for me because right. I've I've ranked them in I've... sort of ascending order. Right, I've got rather McCoy, than descending. Fugitive, Hartnell, yeah, Tennant, War Doctor, Davison, yeah, and Tom Baker. Ah, so Tom Baker was your number seven. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so who was your number eight? My number eight. Let's check. I'm recording. Hang on. My number eight. Troughton. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I, I I very much do subscribe to the to the common fan belief that Troughton really is the the Doctor who defined the Doctor like all subsequent Doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, in many ways, he had the hardest job. He had to follow the original and do something different with it and make the part his own. And I think he absolutely rose to that challenge and. Coupled with a lot of the writing they did for his character, that's the point at which we get we get the Doctor as both a wonderfully British eccentric character, but also a very heroic character. That element of heroism, which frankly isn't often there in the Hartnell years, really starts to come to the fore in the Second Doctor's era, um, and I. I as I think he deserves almost equal credit with Hartnell for ensuring the longevity of the show. Um, having said that, after a certain point, I get a bit tired of Troughton if I'm watching him for too long. <laughs> and and partly that's down to the way in which the, the, the show was made at that period and all the rest of it. But uh, um, I find he's a doctor that I enjoy more in small doses than... Uh, you know, doing multiple stories back to back. What what have you got for your number nine? My number nine is Doctor Number Thirteen, Jodie Whittaker, okay. the incumbent. Um, I really enjoy her. I do really enjoy her her performance. Um, yeah, her era has been up and down, absolutely. But I think the the longer she's been in the role, the more the more she's been allowed to add extra dimensions to it. And I really like, I really like that um, they have made room for her to have some serious flaws, which I think unless you're paying close attention to, you won't necessarily pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um but I think a lot, unfortunately, a lot of people look at Whitaker's performance and they just see the sort of bubbly, happy-go-lucky exterior. But underneath that, she's really sort of emotionally closed off and cold. And um, yeah, I find that really interesting. Almost as almost an anti-Capaldi mm. in that respect. Um, and I, I really hope that um, I hope that time's going to be kind to her era. I think it will be. See, I went for Eccleston. You never forget your friends. Right, okay. Yeah. And, you know, it, we, we just deserved more from, you know. Yeah. Well, he deserved more. I mean, more. I, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely he deserved more. His, yeah, um, that whole situation was handled so badly. Um, but I, at least we got a big finish, eh? Exactly. That, um, I, I would like to do, I think, uh, when I know we've started dipping it own Big Finish stuff, I think at some point I might quite like us to do a Ninth Doctor Big Finish. Yeah, when we get back round to him. That that might be nice. 
Yeah. Um, Who's your number ten? So my number my number ten is uh, the Ninth Doctor, Chris Freckleston. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so I don't really have a lot more else to say. I think like I mean he's great. He was uh, such a brilliant. Because uh, it 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 felt like such a left field pick back in two thousand five. I think it's easy to forget. You know, you the, the bookies were saying, "Oh, it's going to be Eddie Izzard. It's going to be Alan Davis." You know, a, a, a sort of a comedic media personality, and then all of a sudden, you're like uh, the um, the BBC is like, "No, I think we're going to cast one of Britain's four most dramatic actors." <laughs> Yeah. You know, and he's going to play the part with total commitment and sincerity. And it was exactly what they needed to relaunch that show. So I think he deserves all the credit for it. Doesn't quite make my top five, but it, close. See, my number 10, I've gone Paul McGann. Like, right, yeah. Kind of for the same reasons in that I've seen little tidbits. There's not much to go on, but everything I've seen, I've loved. I really enjoyed the TV movie. I really enjoyed his part in the 50th. You know, I, I mean, I, I know I was fairly critical, but I quite liked the Big Finish audio that we listened to. Yeah. And I mean, he's the best thing about that, no, well, no yeah. question. Yeah. He, he, the thing with, with, with McGann's performance is it's just so damn doctory. Yeah. He is like essence of Doctor. Yeah, he got he got it. He knew what he was there for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so where are we up to now? Uh, could I please have your number eleven? You may. Um, it's the sixth Doctor, Colin Baker. He makes the top five for me. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean. I, I I enjoy his TV era for the most part, and I adore him on Big Finish. Mm. I I think he is he is what absolutely one of my favourite Doctors, um, and I kind of will brook no argument on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I mean I've so, already said yeah. everything he's in, I've loved. Yeah, and as I said, with 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 the ninth Doctor, I'd love to do one of his big finishes. I I really think next time we do Sixth Doctor, we're gonna go for uh, one of his audios, mm. uh, specifically one of the ones with Evelyn Smythe, because I want you to hear those two playing off each other, because that will be something special. So um, my number eleven, I've gone the Fugitive yep. Doctor. Right, and okay. You, you scored very, very low, and I think I'm scoring her yeah. very high, but for the same reasons. Just, it, you know, it's those breadcrumb trails. I just want to follow yeah. it and see where it goes. And maybe Pure potential, it won't isn't be it? as good in reality as it is in my mind, but I'm excited to see where that goes. Unless, of course, yeah. RTD yeah. bins it off and we never get any resolution. I still... I'm holding out hope that RTD will be like, you know what, if 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 I can persuade the BBC or someone to give give us the requisite pounds, do a six part mini series with her. Mm. Just do it, like you know, bash it out before she kind of, because I mean I'm not going to claim I know exactly how old Joe Martin is, but like I wouldn't want it to drag on to the point that she's 
not up to running down corridors, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Strike while the iron is hot. Um, okay, so do you want my... Uh, Number 12, please. Number 12. Yeah, so my number 12 is the Eighth Doctor. Good old McGann. So I've, I have listened to a lot of Big Finish with McGann at this point. Yeah. Um, and some of it's good, some of it's terrible. Same as every other era of Doctor Who. But as I say, he commits so much to that part. And he is just so... So essence of Doctor that I just he he's he's he is like um a connoisseur's doctor who yeah. um have you ever have i ever shown you matt there you can find on youtube his original audition tape for the tv movie yes yeah and i think i it is fascinating I I this that when we did that i watched there's a youtube series called clever dick films which are yeah like a docu doctor who documentary and i watched yeah. the one about the wilderness years and the film and yeah i'm certain i've seen it on there yeah so there is this basically there's this moment where he's kind of going through the lines and he's playing it very serious and he gets one note from from the director where he just says uh they just say, uh, can you try that a bit more excited, Paul? And his face completely changes, just lights up with this big grin, and he and he delivers the lines again. And I'm, and it's like it is the exact moment that his doctor is born. Mm. You know, it's there on camera for the world to see. Um, it's incredible. Uh, so yeah, I love his doctor. Um, it, it, it's one of the only a show like Doctor Who could produce the paradox that is the fact that that despite him having uh, the the lowest screen time of any of the regular numbered Doctors, I believe there are more stories about the Eighth Doctor than any other incarnation. <laughs> See, if you add up comics and novels and Big Finish and all the rest. For my number twelve, I've gone with the best <coughs> classic Doctor. I've gone John Pertwee. Mm-hmm. Just from the moment I saw him riding a wheelchair down the hill, it was love at first sight. <laughs> you know, we watched the yeah. demons, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of into." You this, weren't, but you weren't fully on board with that, but is great. Yeah, yeah, he is just so ah, uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to know who who uh, my um? My number 13 is Matt. Oh, yes, please. Uh, it's John Pertwee. Oh, great. We are in agreement. Best classic doctor. Yeah. I, I, I echo everything you said. Uh, and for me, he was... It's so... My, my early memories of Doctor Who are so jumbled because I, I, I'm sure the Cushing movies came first for me. But then when I watched... When I watched some repeats on BBC Two... I definitely watched some Pertwee and some Tom Baker. And for me, I enjoyed the Pertwee stuff way more than the Tom Baker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that something as a, as a, as a youngish kid, I would have, I want to say like maybe 10 years old, something like that. Um, I found him very comforting as a screen presence. 
which is exactly what you want the Doctor to be. Like someone um, mysterious and unknowable, but all the same comforting. Like you get the feeling like this is absolutely terrifying, but I know this guy's got it. At the end of this, it's all going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get that sense from him way more than I do with Tom Baker. Tom Baker is just like, oh, maybe you'll fix it. Maybe he'll just blow shit up and bugger off. You just don't know. But, um, yeah. Oh, I, I, lo- I love Pertwee. I love Pertwee so much. Okay. Right. Do you want to give me my, your your number 14, then? I, I, I'm on my number 13. I've gone the War Doctor. Okay. All right. Wow. Again, hi. Yeah, just again, uh, I, I want more. I need to see more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got my big finish login, Matt, so... Yeah, there we go. Help yourself. There we go. <laughs> um, all right. So, two left each. How do you want to do this? Um, I have a funny feeling we've gone for the same ones, based on my right. maths. So, okay. I think I'm going to reveal my top two, because obviously once okay. I've revealed one, it reveals the other. So right, okay. my number 14, I've gone Matt Smith. My number 15, I've gone Peter Capaldi. I have done the reverse. Oh, you've gone Capaldi, I've done then Smith. Capaldi, then Smith. Smith at the top. Yeah. Oh, well, the good news is um, that aggregates them both as joint first. <laughs> <laughs> what could be more fitter, yay? I mean, the thing is... Um, I, I, ask me on a different day, I might have uh, exactly gone the other the way same. around. Exactly the same. How I decided yeah. that, it's what I've always said. I enjoyed Smith's run more, but Capaldi's, certainly in his last series, his presentation of the Doctor yeah. was my favourite. Yeah. I, and I think I feel... I could almost say the same, but in reverse. Like, um, for me, I, I have problems with some of the story arcs that, that Matt Smith had. But there is something about his version of the Doctor where you've got, you've got the surface level silliness and then all that darkness under the surface mm. that I Whereas find infinitely Capaldi, fascinating. You have surface level darkness and the silliness underneath Yes, yeah, and it, it, that's such an interesting contrast between the two of them, but they both work so well. They both definitely benefited from having Moffat as a showrunner, yeah. um, who's, I know he's not to everybody's tastes, but absolutely his conception. I, I don't think there is any writer who better understands the core of who Doctor Who is as a character mm. than Moffat does. Um so they both had some phenomenal writing to work with. I think for me, partly, maybe it's a nostalgia thing. I put Matt Smith at the top just because I'm really jonesing for a little bit more now. Yeah. More so even than with Capaldi. I really, really want Smith to show up in the 60th. I really, really want him to just find a couple of days and just bash out something for Big Finish. I just want a little bit more with his Doctor. Um, right, should so we, there we go. give our final definitive rankings? Yes, if you've done the numbers, what, 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 what have we got? We go. So, 
In last place, David, we have yep. William Hartnell. Oh, well, that's going to be upset a lot of people, isn't it? Uh, he scored five points. In joint second and third, we had Troughton and Davison. Oh, sorry, no. Right, okay. In second place, we had McCoy, who scored seven right. points. And Troughton yep. and Davison were scored third and fourth joint with nine points. Okay. Then we had Tennant with 11 points. Yeah. Uh, he was followed by Tom Baker with 12. Mm-hmm. Fugitive Doctor with 13. Yep. Jodie Whittaker with 14. Then we have another tie where Colin Baker and Eccleston were tied on 19 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in 11th place, the War Doctor with 18 points. Right. McGann in 12th with 22 points. Mm-hmm. Pertwee in 13th place with 25 points. And as we've said, joint first place, Smith and Capaldi, 29 points. I'm pretty happy with that, Matt. It, it's, I think we've done it. I think it. it's come out fair. Yeah. I don't think people have it, moved I... massively up or down. <coughs> I think the biggest disparity we had was possibly the War Doctor, who I scored 13, you scored 5. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Trout and I scored one and you scored eight. But yes, usually, yeah. largely in agreement. I'd say so. Broad, broadly speaking, I'm pretty happy with, with that list overall. I imagine a lot of fans will be very, uh, will be scratching their heads about some of those choices, but um, I I will defend them, you know. Well, it's not a problem. Just tell them to Talk screw to me. off. They can start their own podcast, yeah. do their own rankings. I don't know. They can message me on Twitter. I might pick it up in a couple of weeks' time please, and respond. Please don't. Or I may not. Don't message me. <laughs> message David. So, Matt, um, shall we crack on with uh, a, a little a little segment we've prepared for this uh, very special episode? Yeah, why not? Well, whilst we're on, David, yeah? has the time come to introduce our guest? We're over an hour I mean, in. Should we I, let them speak? To be honest, I, I, I was kind of hoping that they'd just stay stum for the entire duration of the podcast, but I, I suppose it would be a little bit rude not not to introduce them. Yeah. Our pod, our rules. Have some f***ing respect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, friend of the show, Harry from Who Can Convince You is here. Say hello, Harry. Am I, am I allowed to say it now? Yeah. Hello, T- hello. Take your ball gag out and say hello. That's that's all right now. I'll go and chuck that in the wash. Right, David. I, I literally can't yes. remember because if we pull back the curtain, we're recording this nearly a week after part one of this recording. <laughs> have we explained yes. what we're doing? Uh, I don't think we have exactly. Um, so you you asked me to prepare a quiz of ten questions, mm-hmm. which I have dutifully done. Would you like to fill the listeners in on um, how you're going to be handling these questions, Matt? Um, I'm going to get them all right. Because <laughs> if I don't, we have a selection of hot sauces. And if I get them wrong, I'll eat a Dorito with them on. Now, I did some research, mm. David, and of the hot sauces I've got, the one I normally have and quite like has a Scoville rating of 450. 
Right. That is the lowest rated source we're going to use, and we could potentially do a million. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the sums. The hottest ones, uh, I think 2,222 times hotter. Than... Goodness me. Yeah. Right, well, well, I think I'd better get your uh, address ready so when I phone 999, yeah. I'm not scrambling to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was listening to your pod last night, actually. I drove to York and back where you were teasing, revealing my address live on pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one day. Yeah. Rob actually just did it on one episode of The Cloister Bell, but he's that big, I won't mess with him. Yeah, well, it's a thing, you know. Right, David. Um, so, yes, hello. The, the only other thing I've got, in the interest of safety... Mm-hmm. And I've made an absolute cock up here because I, I read online that if you eat spicy food and you're really struggling to cool yourself down, you should have yogurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't realise it's actually the acidic stuff in yogurt that cools you down. So instead, I've just gone for a banana milkshake. <laughs> 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 it is MS finest because I'm an absolute Tory bastard, but here we go. Yeah. Uh, t- t- remind me, Matt, what is it you teach again? Well, I teach chemistry. All right. Say, is that Liz Truss on the bed? <laughs> well, I-, I moved all my recording oh. stuff through to my bedroom, so please don't judge me based on what you can see on webcam. This is how I live my oh. life. It's brilliant. You, you, it's glorious. You, 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 you all know that my, my webcam is off and is staying off. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um... Right then, so I, I don't think you're going to get them all wrong, Matt. Um, I tried to be kind to you a little bit. Um, this Because th- this quiz is entitled Who or False? Ah, oh, I love it. So I the majority it, of these... Oh, I see what yeah. you've done there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be honest, it took longer coming up with a title than it did the quiz. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, you know, a lot of these, potentially, it's a coin flip. Okay. But uh, we'll find out. So, Harry, do you do you want to play on? You, you obviously you don't have to forfeit. Um, but if if Matt gives his answer first, and then yeah. you can give his, but Matt, you will be locked in on your first answer, yeah. whatever it is. Ooh. You really? can't. Do they you, ascend in difficulty? Uh, no, they actually ascend chronologically because uh, I'm autistic. Okay. <laughs> and that's the sort of thing I do. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Yep. Uh, right. right. <laughs> David, I am preparing Dorito One. Okie dokie. So, question one, Matt. Mm-hmm. The Chase features a scene in which the Doctor, Ian, Barbara, and Vicky have a little boogie to the Beatles playing eight days a week on the Doctor's Magic Time television. Thanks to the BBC's tape wiping policies of the time, this 25 second clip is now the only surviving footage of the Beatles appearing on Top of the Pops. Is that who or false, Matt? False. It's false. You're sticking with false? Yeah, I mean, you've picked a story we've not seen, David, so, I mean, if we'd have watched it, I'd know <laughs> the answer, wouldn't I? You've played <laughs> What do you reckon, Harry? I do believe that's true. <gasps> oh, Interesting. Matt, stay your hand. You are correct. It is false. Harry, 
everything about that is true, except the song. Uh, it, they actually played Ticket to Ride, oh, not Eight Days a Week. Right. Oh, uh, you, my... You're doing these sneaky bastard questions where it's like, yeah. Oh, Matt, would you describe the sky as blue? And I'll go, yeah. And you go, no. When I checked it against the B and Q color chart, it was more passion brown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, we are absolutely doing that, Matt, because I, I want you to be in as much physical discomfort as possible by the end of this. Right, well, the good news is that was for the lowest scoring hot sauce. So Frank's original hot sauce goes back on the shelf. Mm. Bullet dodged. Right, the question good, number two. The good news is question two is twice as spicy. It jumps up to a thousand Scobills. <laughs> Does my street cred also get obliterated even further within the fandom? It's possible. Oh, I mean, well. you should have known that. That was that was that was a, the, a gimme, surely. Yeah, well, right. that's it now, isn't it? Shut up, you smug git, and give me question two. <laughs> okay, question number two. Just gonna check. Yeah, still recording. Uh, right, <clears throat> John Pertwee once said in an interview, quote, I was never really happy until I became Doctor Who. Is that who or false? True. Wasn't he in the Navy beforehand? That's that's correct, yeah? Yeah. Harry, what do you reckon? I don't know. That's a tricky one, that, because I think we all know him best as Doctor Who, but I'm sure he was buried with a doll of... Um, Watch him look at Wurzel Gummidge. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to that say that's... after. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that's false. Gentlemen, it's one all. Matt, I hope you're ready for this. What? It is false. It was actually a quote from Tom Baker. Oh. Mm, right. I'll get the hot sauce. So. Get your hot sauce. This is... Cholula hot sauce original. How, mm. how many I like a bit of Cholula. How many drops is fair? Three? What's the consistency? Is it sort of tomato sauce? It's, or? it's watery, it's wet. Oh, is it? If we, wanted to, if we wanted to be really evil, we could say one drop per um, question number. So, oh, right, so I'm doing you know, ten drops of one million Scoville <laughs> extreme ghost pepper psycho juice. Yeah, Psycho ideally, juice. Matt. Ideally. Right. Uh, no, we won't do that. Let's say th- three seems, seems about right. Right. Three seems about right. Right, well, that came out really quick, so I think it's actually about eight. I was, <laughs> was going to say, I reckon it's sort of half coverage is, is fair. Right. Because you don't ever, you know, if you've got some sort of a dip, you never just sort of put the end in and that's it. You, you know, you go, you know, you go all in. Yeah, but I never normally dip my... Uh... Tortillas in Nando's Triple X hot sauce. Right. There is that. I, I think you can see that. Yeah, that's it. I'd say that's a reasonable coverage. So whilst you're munching on that, Matt, I'll I'll crack okay. on with question number three. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Okay, so question number three. So this is a little bit of a diversion. This isn't um to be honest, I've made this much harder. It's not a Torchwood question, is it? It's not a Torchwood question. That that got spicier the later I chewed it. Mm. So, um, with with this one, I'm going... Um, 
you, you basically you've got a much uh, much higher chance of getting it wrong both okay. of you <laughs> so um i'm now going to read a list of five actors who were considered for the part of the fourth doctor before it ultimately went to tom baker yeah five uh, four of these are who obviously and one is false and uh, i will permit you to make use of a device if you want to look up a photo of the actor to remind yourself because obviously these are names from entertainment of yesteryear but obviously no no delving into the depths of wikipedia okay okay does that seem fair all right then <clears throat> so the first name is graham crowden who we saw not long ago playing soul deed in the oh. horns of nyman yeah 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 uh, the second name I think you'll be familiar with, uh, a chap called Bernard Cribbins. Oh, yeah. Uh, num uh, actor number three, Fulton Mackay. Does that name ring about to you? Nope. Sounds um, like an he... order from the Indian restaurant. <laughs> he played, um, I believe it was Mr. Mackay in, uh, Porridge. And he also went on to feature in uh, Last of the Summer Wine. Okay. Um, number four, Clive Dunn, who, of course, played Corporal Jones in Dad's Army. And the final actor is Jim Dale, best known for the Carry On films. Do you want those names again, Matt? No, no, I... I'm going straight in with Jim Dale. You think Jim Dale is is false? Yeah. I'm not sure of okay. Harry's answers as he's had to step out the room from the looks of it. He has. We'll we'll maybe we'll we'll maybe circle back around if he wants to participate yeah. in that one. Um, all right then, Matt. I'm afraid that Jim Dale was indeed approached to play the Fourth Doctor at one point. The the false answer there was Clive Dunn. So what are we on now? Uh, so we're now on source three, Frank's Buffalo Wing Sauce. Scoville rating 1,800. Mm. So it's four times hotter than the four, first one I could have done. I'm just going to give it a bit of coverage. I think that's a yeah, fair. so for, for context, how are you feeling with the Chiluda? Because you say that's a bit hotter than you normally go. Yeah, well... Frank's is my go-to hot sauce. In fact, this mm -hmm. one, the wing sauce, is the one that I normally go to, but I didn't realise it was hotter than the others. Um, so, yeah, we'll go for this. You can see it's there, Okay, David. good luck. Yeah, I can see it. In it goes. So whilst you're munching on that, Matt, we're going to move on to question number four. Okay. I say Before okay, going but on... I don't think I am. Go on. <laughs> Before going on to become Doctor Who's producer throughout the 1980s, John Nathan Turner worked behind the scenes on several Doctor Who serials. His earliest Who-related credit was a floor assistant on 1969's The Space Pirates, starring Patrick Chowton as the second Doctor. Now, bear in mind how sneaky I was with the first question. Literally, if any single element of that statement is false... Yep. <laughs> then I can read it to you again if you'd like. I don't know. The fact that you're hamming this up makes me think. I can't even remember what it was, but I'm going to say true. 
You're going to say that's true. Yeah. That um, John Nathan Turner's first credit on Doctor Who was as a floor assistant on the Space Pirates. Yeah, another story we haven't watched, so I literally have no. That is true. Um, the the answer is it, indeed it, it is who. Oh. Ie true. I love that I'm the only one sticking to the to the to the who or false. Sorry, I think it's who. Yes, uh, you are correct. So you've you've dodged you've dodged another source. So yeah, you, so you, you're, that one you're would have at, been uh, Frank's jalapeno sauce. Mm. So that is the final time we'll see Frank in this series. I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, we're getting out of the realms of just you know something that might be pleasant to eat now, aren't we? Yeah, the next one's Encona original, six thousand Scovilles. So it's a good ten times Alrighty, hotter than the first sauce. Okie dokie. Oh, Harry's got so, his tea. That certainly looks nicer Harry's than back. what I'm eating. <laughs> no worries at all. No worries at all. Glad to have you back. So, someone's going to ask, what have you got for tea there? Is that jacket um, potato? It's not a jacket potato. It is in honour of Her Majesty. Because, I, well, I don't know. It's not. Uh, it's sausage, mash and beans. The, the it's what she would have wanted. It's, it is yeah. what, it's what she would have wanted. wanted. We, we, we didn't know if we were going to mention it, but Queen died today, everyone. So yeah. if you're not caught up on <laughs> yeah. the news and this is us breaking to you, Queen's dead. Yeah. yeah. That That's why there's such a party atmosphere in this exactly. recording. Yeah. yeah, should we dedicate this segment to Her Majesty the Queen? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the, it's the minimum we can do, isn't it, really, under the circumstances? Exactly. Yeah. Um... Right then, so um, we, as I say, we're progressing chronologically, Harry. So you, you've unfortunately missed the question about the uh, fourth Doctor era and indeed uh, the entire nineteen eighties. And Don't we're worry. moving on. We're moving on to, to the nineties. In the original script for the television movie, in addition to the Doctor being revealed to be half human, the Master was also revealed to be the Doctor's half brother. Is that who or false, Matt? I'm going to say who. What I, do you reckon, Harry? I do believe it is who. You're both correct, yes. Uh, it's gonna, one of the many bizarre ideas that they dropped. <laughs> yeah, I thought... It, it's not in the book, and I've got the updated novelisation, mm. and it's not in there, but... I don't know. No, <laughs> I think it, what, it was... It was in the version of the script that um, they were auditioning people on, but I think by the time it went in front of cameras, that, that bit had been quietly dropped. Yeah. Right. So, Encona hot chilli sauce goes back on the shelf. The next question, David. Yeah. I, I told you Encona had a Scoville score of 6,000. I'm moving on to Tabasco habanero sauce at 20,000. Oh. Twenty. So, uh, have you explained what the what is the the meaning of this scoring system? Because I've never heard of it. So Scoville is the unit of spice. All right. Okay. So you can Google sources because, like, for example, some of them have got a system where there's five chilies, but some have three. Oh. But there's a universal scoring system. Interesting. That's very man v food. Yeah, so this one's 40 times hotter than the first possible one. Is there a sort of, at what point is hot hot? Do we know? 
I would say the one we've just skipped, the Encona, I usually have that in the cupboard and that's hot, hot right. for me. This so anything crazy. now is just a bastard. <laughs> when, when you jump from the scale of hundreds into thousands. You know something's afoot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Are we, are we ready for question number six? We're at the halfway point. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So... Following the failure of the TV movie, an attempt was made by Paul Cornell and Mark Gatiss to develop a Bernie Summerfield television series with Sarah Alexander proposed as a potential lead. Channel 5 showed some initial interest but ultimately chose not to pick it up. Is that who or false, Matt? I don't know because if it was going anywhere it would be Channel 5. But was Channel... I can't remember the year Channel 5... I'm 97, gonna, I believe. I'm going to say true. I'm going to go false. Matt. Hello. Prepare those taste buds. It was false. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say, David. Right. Let's get some... <laughs> you came up with the idea of this segment. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Tabasco sauce is a lot more watery than the others. It's come out quick. <laughs> this is glorious, this is. Oh, right. You can see, oh, it stinks. Right, it's there, sort of. There you oh, go. There it is. Mm. It goes. Tuck in, Matt. Yum, yum, yum. Mm. How's that working out for you, Matt? It's growing. <laughs> I think, much like Her Majesty the Queen, that was fiery, saucy, and underpleasant. That's how I describe it, David. <laughs> it's still there. Mm -hmm. Unlike the Queen. Well, just unlike the Queen, well, it's I still here. We... It's holding on. Yeah. <laughs> Refuses to die. Um... The others were hot, but then they fell off a cliff and went. That's still there. Yeah. Well, let's just en enjoy the moment for a minute, eh, Matt? We don't need to rush too yeah, much. Yeah, I was going to say. Take some nice deep breaths. You know, really get uh, that sort yeah. of flavour flowing. You, you know, I, I, I said to you before we started recording, I've got a hard out at, at quarter to, to ten tonight, but, you know, we've made good progress, so I, th I see no reason to rush at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, That's still there. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. Let's move on to question seven. Okay. This is another multiple choice one where four answers are incorrect and only one is correct, Matt. Right. Well, can I just point something out to you? Right? Yeah. Let me get another one for, <laughs> for comparison. Here's Cholula sauce, and that's what colour I expect hot sauce to be, like bright, mm. brightish yeah. red. The next one we're doing is Nando's Extra Extra Hot, which is 35,000. Look how dark that bastard is. Whoa. Oh. I can see bits of chilli in it. That looks like dog food that's gone off. <laughs> right. <laughs> still, still tasting the last one, if you were wondering. It's still there. <laughs> I think you can feel the heat from here. Okie dokie. Right, so question number seven, folks. 
In addition to being one of Britain's, Britain's finest television actors, David Tennant, a.k.a. the 10th Doctor Who, has also had an impressive career on the big screen. Uh, the following uh, list contains five films in Tennant's filmography. Four a who, one is false. Okay. So I want you to tell me which of these David Tennant does not have a credit on. Right. Is it A, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? B, St. Trinian's 2, The Legend of Fritton's Gold. C, Ice Age Continental Drift. D, Nativity 2, Danger in the Manger. Or E, Postman Pat, The Movie. Now, weirdly, the two I think he was in was Postman Pat, The Movie and Nativity 2. Yeah. I... I don't think he was in Harry Potter. I can't remember him in Harry Potter. I'm going to say he was not in Harry Potter. Harry, what's your answer? I was thinking this. I thought exactly the same as you and that he wasn't in Harry Potter. I am going to assume that there might be a slight curveball within your questioning, David, and assume mm -hmm. that maybe he was in St. Trinian's, but maybe not St. Trinian's too. Ah, or it's going to be me too much. Harry Potter and the. Oh, oh! I didn't think of that actually. And yeah. The, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? You're, you're both giving me more credit. I could have made this even sneakier than I did. Uh, the actual answer is that he isn't in Ice Age: Continental Drift. Oh. In fact, I don't believe he's credited on any of the Ice Age films. But all the others are part of his illustrious film career. Good grief! Great. <laughs> well, get ready for the. Uh, the Prince Charles of the sources now. It's yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I, I don't know, you won't be able to pick this up on the webcam, but actually, because of my service in the Falklands, I don't sweat. Oh, good grief. Um, so, this one stinks as well, and is 35,000, so we're jumping up from 20,000. We must be getting to the realms of just actively unpleasant now. It's got the consistency of toothpaste. Yeah, um, Meghan Markle might <laughs> burst through the door in a minute as well. <laughs> right, so it's there. Look how dark it is. Oh. Look at that. It looks like paint. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look fit for human consumption, really, does it? Oh, this isn't going to end well. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah. Is that all you got to say on the matter, Matt? I think that's all he can say. <laughs> well, that, that I, 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 I that hope he can. My throat. All the others oh. are in my mouth and nose. That hurts my throat. Mm. And I think my tongue's swelling. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what anaphylactic shock then, looks Matt? like? <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. Right, yeah. well, the next one, we move on? if, if got... 35,000 wasn't bad enough, the next one's Encona Triple X Extra Hot Sauce at 100,000 Scoville. Whoa. Amazing. It's got a right. desert on the label. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had normal Encona, that's 6,000, so this is just 100,000. Oh. So we've, we've, got, we've got three questions left then, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you are you are you okay? Are we, are we going to get through this? I think so, but I, I said it's a big jump when we went from the hundreds to the thousands. We've just hit hundred thousand, so 
Okay, you're ready for this one. I'm just going to watch Harry so the original... super smooth, cooling mashed potato. Oh, <laughs> do you know what? It's absolutely <laughs> lovely as well. <laughs> as I, I watch Matt I slowly turn into the same colour as his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> for context, listeners, his shirt is red. Yeah, Bright red. Well, He's wearing... Let's well, be I, thankful I, it's I not believe purple. A... A, 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 a red football shirt of some description, perhaps? Of, of York City. Official football ah, club right. of our podcast. Right. Okay. I've, I've no reason to dispute that. Mm-hmm. I've, not, I've, I've got no, no dog in that I fight. My, I think my teeth are melting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, question number eight. The original proposed costume for Matt Smith's 11th Doctor was a somewhat piratical affair, featuring a long dark coat, billowy white open neck shirt and a medallion. Is that who wore false, Matt? I'm going to say who. I'm going to go false. I think... I think the medallion could be... I think the plan might have been to have the medallion as the pocket watch, fob watch thing. Oh. I just think it's false well, because I don't think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid, Harry, it is in fact who? Good grief. It is the correct answer. Yeah, there, there are some fairly blurry photos out there of... of um, uh, Matt Smith's costume fitting. I think Stephen Moffat posted them on Instagram a couple of mm. years ago, and and it shows him initially looking quite glum in this sort of piratey outfit that they were originally thinking about. What have I done and to then, my career? <laughs> and then then slowly, he sort of you know he, st- he he swaps out the shirt, he adds the bow tie, and eventually pops on the tweed. And by the end of it, he's you know he's happy as a clam. He's found his costume. It's quite, it's quite sweet, really. Yeah. But yeah, that initial costume was. And love. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> so you've dodged one there, Matt. Yeah. So what are we on to now? Um, Six hundred thousand Scovilles. <laughs> Just remind us what was the first one again, Matt. Four hundred and fifty. Hmm. So this is Psycho Juice 70% Ghost Pepper. Can I just read you the side of the bottle? Of course you can, Matt. Okay. Uh, Use daily, apply to all food. You may experience pain. Do not panic. (laughs) Just shut up whining. Take your damn medicine. Hallowed be thy pain. That's it. Yeah. We we are... Yeah, firmly in the realms of the novelty sauce now. Yeah, it's 70% Naga Ghost Pepper. Naga Jalokia. Yeah. That, and, 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 to, be, to be clear, this is not the hottest one. This is, this is the penultimate one, right? No, the final one's twice as hot as this one. <laughs> and I think oh I know God. the question for the last one, but I'm going to keep that in reserve. Mm. All right, okay. So, question nine. Before becoming the 12th Doctor, Peter Capaldi had previously been invited to audition for the 8th Doctor and was also on the shortlist for Doctor number 11. Is that who or false? 
I'm going to say false. Harry? Yes? I am very sorry to say. You're oh. incorrect. Matt, well done. You've dodged another one. That is who? <laughs> well done. Well right. done. I can't remember so how it all many comes down to this. Out of ten, I reckon I've only done three so far. Three yeah, you've done reasonably well, all things considered. Right. I should have done more multiple choice ones. Right, I'm Clearly. just going to do a colour check again. Remember when I showed you this sauce, David? Mm-hmm. And then I said, look at how dark this sauce is. Yes, yep. <laughs> So what we've got next, it's literally black. It looks like tarmac. I don't know if you can see. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what that is at the top. <laughs> give it a shake. Should I give it... Oh. Well, so this is where the lid comes off and it shoots in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you right. Day, Are we ready? lost his eyesight completely <laughs> in his right eye. <laughs> right, David, I think I know what you're going to ask me now. Okay, I'd be very surprised. What What do you think the question's going to be, Matt? I think you're going to ask me a question you know I don't know. So I have to do this hot one. And when I was thinking, right. what is the one question David definitely knows I don't know the answer to? That question is, when is David's birthday? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Matt. If you get this right, we'll have that as a bonus question, eh? Okay. Where you have to combine two sauces if you get it wrong. <laughs> That'll be fine. I'll water down the hottest with the second hottest. That's, that's a good plan. Good plan. <laughs> right, okay. So here's the, here's the, the, the final uh, official question. So, David Whittaker... Doctor Who's first story editor and writer of several stories, including The Power of the Daleks and The Ambassadors of Death. Never heard of it. Is actually <laughs> incumbent Doctor Who Jodie Whittaker's great uncle. Is that who or false? He's the first script editor of Doctor Who. What was his Jody name? Whittaker's. David Whittaker. David Whittaker. It's got to be true. What do you reckon, Harry? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it's false. I, I, I can't envisage fandom in the state that it is at the moment, being like, you know, oh, look how good it was back then, and and it's still in the family, but it's so poor now. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it's false. You're right, Matt. Prepare those taste buds one last time. Right. Don't say you're right. Then say my name, as in <laughs> you're right, no, I said Matt. Right. right? That, those are two separate sentences. You should have said, Harry, you are right. Matt, prepare your yes. taste buds. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, take, I, take, I take the uh, the correction on board. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, for context, Matt, um, David Whittaker spells his surname with one T. Jodie Whittaker spells hers with two. I should have asked. I should have asked. <laughs> right. I would have gladly offered the information. Right, I'm going, to, I'm going to record this bit for Mark and Rob, who can't be here. Okay. So, uh, right, I'll, I'll record this for the after show. Do you want to give everyone a wave, Harry? Hello, David, everyone. David, you're not on camera, so you can't wave. Um, but yeah, that's in, fine with me. 
our 200th episode Doctor Who quiz. I got the final question wrong. So this is Psycho Juice Extreme Ghost Pepper Chili. It's got a Scoville rating of 1 million. Um, <laughs> it's the hottest one. If you want to look at the rating, it goes from 450 up there down to a million. Um, so I'm just going to put my phone down whilst I put a bit of sauce on. Good luck, Bat. It's as black as night, this sauce. I'll, t- I'll tell you what that stuff was at the top of the bottle as well. That was just weird spicy oil that came out really quick. Um, so so that's all on there now as well. Know, yeah, I don't know if you can see that. Quite a lot, isn't there? <laughs> right. How do I turn this camera around so they can see me? Can I do that? Or do I have to just go like that? Right, so one million Scovilles, here we go. And I reckon the heaters hit now. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Shit. That's all. Mm. I can't talk. <laughs> wow. I've never been able to see such a physical change in somebody's face. I'm crying. It's like you're regenerating. I don't know if you can see. I'm, I'm hiccuping and crying. <laughs> oh, this is upsetting to I've watch. I've got hiccups. That's so hot. I'm hiccuping. I'm now slightly regretting making the last question quite so mean. <laughs> Only slightly. <laughs> I hope this is the moment Matt is just sick all over the laptop. I'm going to have to have a drink. I think... <laughs> it's got a cardboard stopper in the bottle. You can't, you can't take the lid off. <laughs> I wonder if this might actually be the death knell for this podcast. It wasn't. It wasn't even the Doctor Who that did him in in the end. I can't. Even, I can't even talk. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're interested in becoming a new presenter on neither the time nor the space, you can send your audition tapes to neither time nor the space at gmail. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my word! So, Matt, serious question. Yeah. Would you rather... Yeah. <laughs> would, would you rather <laughs> do that again or have to review all seven episodes of Torchwood we've done so far again? Torchwood. I'm going to have to go get more milk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. oh uh, to Matt. me, I, I really want to make clear to the listeners: this was Matt's decision. I, I thought this it was... was. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. He he suggested this to me, 
And I said, are, are you sure you want to do that, Matt? And he was like, yep, it'll be great content. There you go, great content. <laughs> and he is now, <laughs> yeah, great content. Just a distressed man just downing a pint of milk. I hope his phone's still recording. <laughs> oh dear. My eyes hurt, my nose hurt, my mouth hurts, my ears hurt. It's quite distressing. Ah, I will say that. Great. Well then, Matt, perfect time to crack on and review the three doctors then. I think I'm going to die. Right, I, I think we're going to have to, to 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 end it here, aren't we, Matt? And we'll we'll, we'll reconvene for three doctors on another occasion. I think I'm going to die. We'll, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've officially broken, Matt. <laughs> and any final words for our listeners before before we move into the next segment, Matt? God save the king. There you go. <laughs> That's, that's uh, the last what? time you ever heard him spoke. Ever heard him yeah. spoke? Speak. <laughs> Guys, that's so bad. Oh, dear, Even now, oh, dear. that's so bad. <laughs> well, we've got we've got a few days before we're, we're recording uh, the Three Doctor segment, Matt, so hopefully you've recovered by then. Uh, I guess by the magic of editing, Bistas, you'll, you'll be able to find out in just a moment. Yeah, just in the snap of a finger. Well, cheers for that, Harry. Before you leave us, is there anything you'd like to say? Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end no dark is right, because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright, their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late, they grieved on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless. Now, with your fierce tears, I pray, do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Well, truly, truly moving words from Harry. Thanks, mate. We'll see you again soon. So, Matt, um... We're recording again. Uh, it's probably pretty obvious that we're recording this at a different point to uh, um, the, the the preceding shenanigans. I'm in a different room. Yeah, l- largely because I can speak again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that also is a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? I- I'm fine, thank you, by the <laughs> way, David. Thanks for your concern this week. I'm, 
I think your text oh. must have got lost in the ether. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think I said it by carrier pigeon, but clearly I didn't use a reliable service. Yeah, I I I want to acknowledge as well, David. In in the heat of the moment, um, mm-hmm. I think I likened a hot sauce to the recently bereaved Queen of England. Um, <laughs> is, she, okay. is she bereaved, yeah. or are we bereaved for her? We're ber- we're ber- we we are bereaved of her. I yeah. think. Um, the recently deceased. She's dead. Queen. Let's let let's not mince words. She's dead. The queen is dead now. Yeah, yeah. That is what I, we're referring to. I think I might have said much like no Nando's extra hot sauce that the queen mm-hmm. is spicy, saucy, and unpleasant. I <laughs> I just want to revoke that comment. <laughs> <laughs> You worry the royalists are going to come after you. Yeah, more than anything, it's a bit disrespectful, isn't it? I suppose so. Don't speak ill of the dead and all that. Yeah. Usually wait a bit to refer to someone as unpleasant. Don't usually say Mm. on the day they died. (laughs) (laughs) We were all a little giddy, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It was three giddy boys. So did, did we did we even acknowledge when we recorded that Harry was popping back out? Like, um, Harry's not here now. Obviously, we're recording this on a different day. Yeah. Um, but he, he just literally know jumped out his chair and ran off, and we haven't heard from him since. <laughs> if you're out there, Harry, just just send us. We just want to know you're okay. Yeah, I mean, what just, is it? Just is this get in like, touch. Is this a week since we recorded the first bit of this pod? Uh, near enough, I think. Yeah. Um, this not, is this has been an undertaking. Yeah, it's never ending. It's not like episode one hundred where we just bashed it out really excited three hours in a day. This is like I, little and often, and we'll soon get through it, won't we? I think the thing is, I just I I I I knew that the way my my week was shaping up, there was not like a four hour window that I could dedicate to doing this. There was no other way. I feel like it's just going to be like three episodes tapped together. Like, what's your week been like? You know, have you been up to much? Pretty much. How, pretty how much. was your weekend? Well, uh, I haven't seen you over the oh, weekend. Mm, how has my weekend been? It's, yeah, I'm pretty busy. It's been the first weekend in a while that um, my partner's been off work um, the whole weekend. Um, she's been doing a lot of weekend mornings recently. Um, when when so you say morning, tried... you don't mean for the Queen? No. Okay. No, I do not. No. Okay. Um, to, to, to be clear, absolutely no shit's given in this household, <laughs> as far as that goes. Well, every, everyone um, processes grief in their own way, David. <laughs> I, I, I chose I to grieve by watching all of the three Doctors in one sitting. Uh, of which, of which, more very soon, listeners. Um, but yeah, what, um, what did we actually do? Um, just, it, just it was a lot of flapping about on Saturday, to be honest. And 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 Sunday, we we mostly chilled. Um, in the afternoon, I got to play a bit of D and D. You didn't show up. No. I'm assuming you had an excuse for that. Yeah, I. Uh... It was date day. I was out. Mm. 
you could have taken your fancy new lady friend to D and D. How do she you wouldn't know? Mind, how, do you, sure. how do you know she's fancy? <laughs> I'm just assuming that. Yeah, well, right. Well, that well, that was an awkward silence. <laughs> um, I need to relocate now. So bear with me one moment, Matt. I haven't had any carrot cake at all. Please leave me some. I should be very upset if I come back down and there's no carrot cake. Mm. I knew it was there. I was just saving it for, for after. It's going to be my reward for uh, getting through all four episodes of The Three Doctors. Right. See you later. Bear with me. I'm just checking. That wasn't Harry bobbing in to see if you'd eaten his carrot cake, was it? <laughs> no, it was not. That was my partner. Um, you're going to leave all this in, aren't you, Matt? I always do. <laughs> I figured. Hi, Mabel. Anyway, yeah. Oh, yes, no, I was telling you that you should have just brought your, your, your new... Uh, uh, lady friend to D and D. Should have had a great time. Yeah, we went out walking instead. Mm. Walking far, far too healthy a pursuit, in my yeah. opinion. Up to Nairsborough for Sunday dinner. Oh, very nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, felt it today. I was knackered at work. I've been a right grumpy asshole today. <laughs> and what better mood in which to talk about four episodes of classic Doctor Who? Yep, yep. Um, well, before we get to that, do you want to do, do you want to do, do you want to have a little bit of Doctor Who news, Matt? Should we do? Have I got who's for you? Yeah, I think we I promised, promised it, it, didn't we? A, a week ago or something. Here we go. Searchwise.net. What have we got? Digital Spy. New Doctor Who film releases trailer and confirms UK release date. This is the um, documentary about the um, writer of the uh, uh, Eighth Doctor movie. Um, mm, Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials bring in Ghosts director from Digital Spy there. Have you watched Ghosts, Matt? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Oh, it's bloody good. you got to get on that. I, I'm i going to just... I think I'll nail my colours to the mast. Best UK sitcom of, of the last ten years? Easily, yeah, if not longer. Yeah, it's on my to-do list. Um, recently, I watched, in its entirety, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place again. Uh, oh, I, always I, worth a revisit. I, I just, I could watch it on loop. I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I, I think my, yeah. my favourite one is where he says, writers who use subtext are cowards, then looks, in the, <laughs> yeah. uh, looks into the camera and just goes, 
this episode is about prejudice. <laughs> and that's it. But <laughs> uh, I need to do that. I've not rewatched it in a long time. Uh, it's, I should it's get on that. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, so two two comedy recommendations there for our listeners both great so um i mean i don't know that there's any more to say other than that a director of at least some episodes of ghosts is uh, directing on the 60th specials apparently still unconfirmed that we're getting three specials but everyone just sort of assumes at this point see i i googled doctor who for some news and it's largely mm-hmm. the doctor who proclaimed queen elizabeth's death and it's just, well yeah. I've got one here from Metro. The Queen's favourite TV shows from Doctor Who to Downton Abbey. The Queen didn't like Doctor Who, surely. Have a quick look, see if she did. Let's see. Let's see what it says. I'm going to read the whole article, but we'll see what it says about whether or not the Queen liked Doctor Who. Uh, Following the adventures of Time Lords travelling through the ages on a TARDIS, Doctor Who has been entertaining family since 1963. Uh, just listing some of the people who have been the Doctor. Among those to have turn- turned into the Time Lord's reincarnations is the Queen, according to a Buckingham Palace source. That doesn't make sense. Among those who have turned into the Time Lord's reincarnations is the Queen. No, the Queen has not been cast as the Doctor. <laughs> wow. at any po- that, what a bizarre sentence to just throw into one article. Anyway, Plus, according I to like a Buckingham... Uh, the Queen regenerated, sorry, into the Doctor, yeah. as if the Doctor's the important person in that sentence. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's just, the whole thing, that's just mad. Anyway, um, according to a Buckingham Palace source who told the Mirror, the royal family loved the, sorry, uh, just the, the royal loved the programme and, quote, asked the BBC to send her copies of the show. She got the missing episodes. Yeah, imagine if they come they, out. Are they in Buckingham Palace? Yeah. If that that would be that would imagine if that's the outcome. <laughs> you know what? The Queen would go up in my estimation. Well, I don't know. Would she? Would she go down in my estimation? Because the fact that she's just been sitting on ninety-seven missing episodes of Doctor Who this whole time and didn't think to tell anyone. But, I mean, what, I mean, also this getting people to get them to send the copies, just pony up for a Britbox subscription, you madge. No, I I heard she, she says it's VHS or nothing. (laughs) To be fair, those VHS releases were pricey and, um, you know, have largely held their value on the collector's market, so... Who, who fair do you think enough. her favourite Doctor was? Oh, I reckon she liked Davison. Do you know what? I thought that. Like, quiet yeah. and calm and all about cricket Na- and British nice, values. Nice little... Yeah, nice little posh boy, isn't he? Yeah. Old Davo. So there you go. Um, that's it for Have I Got Who's for You this week. Can't be yeah. bothered to do any more than no that. No real news and just mental speculation. <laughs> do you honestly think the Queen liked Doctor Who? I cannot imagine her sitting down and and suffering through the twin dilemma. Can you? Uh, 
hey, 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 hey. Show some respect. <laughs> I'm trying to think oh, if, I've written, I don't know. if I've got anything else to do. I, I think it's... Uh, let me have a look. Hold on. Let me have a look. Today is the 12th. So I think, David, on the... Oh, no, this episode will... Yeah, this episode, David, is going to release on September the 17th. Which that is, is correct. The day before the fourth anniversary of this pod. Wowzers. Yeah. Well, I say it's not the anniversary of when we released it, but it's the anniversary of when we sat down to record episode one. Yeah. What were we thinking, Matt? I don't know. Why? <laughs> There's been some ups and downs, hasn't there? It's back to Torchwood next week. Yeah, there's the down, and there's the down. <laughs> I, I wonder if the Queen right, okay. really liked Doctor Who, whether she liked Torchwood. <sighs> I don't know. Imagine her, like, walking into Philip and just being like, you know, oh, I don't know, the character of Captain Jack just seems totally off with his Doctor Who counterpart. <laughs> Where are their workplace standards? <laughs> who knows we'll, we'll, we'll never know for sure Matt will we no. we'll never know for no. sure uh, anyway um, we should crack on I think because we've got four stonking great episodes of classic who to discuss today mm. so um, we, we, we're saving list of tweets for the end I think you said uh, yeah I'm going to start doing them at the end where my brain's kind of switched off and I stop caring Mm. So the podcast can really just sort of fizzle out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and end on a low note. Linger like a fart in an elevator. Excellent stuff. Right. Do you want to kick us off, Matt? Yeah. I mean, you could ask me what I thought of this episode. We haven't killed that. Oh, haven't that's... Killed yeah, that. you see, oh, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll be honest, Matt. It's this recording in segments has has completely thrown us off our game. I think it's certainly thrown me off mine. Um, right then, Matt. Good episode or bad episode? How are you rating the three doctors? I'm going to say good episode, and only one or two bad bits. Quite a lot of good. Mm. I am very pleased to hear you say that. Because it's not a universally loved story. No. It must be said. I can understand. Um, yeah. But I, 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 had, I had high hopes. You know, you tend to enjoy the multi-doctors. You get a lot of Pertwee in this one. Uh, which is never a bad thing. And I just think it's... Yeah, it's just a, a, it's a jolly little romp, isn't it? it? It's exactly what I've come to expect from Classic <laughs> well, you see, that's what I think works great about this one is that it feels, you know, it was the first attempt to do. I mean, it's kind of an anniversary story. It was broadcast in the anniversary year, but it was broadcast in January of seventy three rather than November. Um, that's that's because birthdays weren't properly invented till nineteen seventy five. Ah, that would explain it. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's so it feels like a celebration of who but it's not just looking backwards like you know you've got quarries and generic cobbled together monsters and uh 
a few familiar faces. But, like, your main villain uh, is brand new, and there's a whole bunch of new lore in there um, for for the nerds to pick over. And so it, it feels as much forward-looking as it does backwards-looking, which I think is the same trick that uh, the Day of the Doctor pulls off. Yeah, there's definitely um, quite a few similarities, isn't there? Mm, yeah, I think so. Um, so, uh, with that all being said, shall we shall we dive into this one? Yeah. So, this is The Three Doctors from the 13th of December 1972 to the 20th of January 1973. It's written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin. And yes, indeed. It is directed by Lenny Main. Now, do you know anything about Lenny Main, David? I know very little about Lenny Main. Oh, it must me, be said. Let me tell you. Lenny Main is in my ears and in my eyes. There beneath <laughs> the blue suburban sky. <laughs> I've had that joke saved yeah. up for about three days. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Right. Let's jump into episode one. Let's do it. We open with... Here's, here's a sentence I didn't think I'd write down. Man with shotgun investigates a weather balloon in a wildlife sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, you know. St- standard cold open, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so we find out this is Mr. Ollis. Yes. Uh, How long did it take you to realise that he, his name was actually Ollis and it wasn't just that everyone was just dropping their H's? Yeah. Yeah, it took me a while. Right, now, this bit's important. Do- okay. Dr. Tyler arrives. I just want you to remember that gentleman's yeah. name, Dr. Tyler. Okay, uh, Dr. Tyler. He arrives to investigate it too and it mm-hmm. crackles and... Turns Mr. Ollis into a big nothing. He's just not there anymore. Yeah. Okay. So, Doctor, remember that is Dr. Tyler, calls Unit and Pertwee, Brig, and Joe Grant discuss it and say it was to measure cosmic rays. Now, we're going to come back to this. I really like Joe Grant. She's great. She is, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I like that she's a total change to Liz Shaw. Yes, that's what I think. Uh, what I think works really well about, um, but like not 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 in a. I think that some people have sometimes sort of looked at Joe Grant and thought, oh, she's just like a little. Like compared to Liz Shaw, she's kind of a bit useless. You know, because early on, especially, they they play up that she's a little bit klutzy and stuff. And I think people sometimes take that as, you know, she's a bit of a waste of space. But she isn't at all. Like, she just kind of grounds everyone. Yeah. And, like, just keeps things moving. And also, you can really tell that there are times when, especially with the third Doctor, her relationship with the third Doctor... um, she is like the bridge between what's going on in his brain and the rest of unit. 
you know i think i think if if it was if it was just the brigadier and uh the doctor butting heads and there was no joe grant to kind of mediate that they'd be in real trouble yeah i don't know how much i like the brigadier he got my nerves a bit in this story right they they yeah i, I will say i think they they they, they play up the brigadier's stuffiness a little too much in this one, and to the point that he comes across a little bit thick, which is kind of out of character for him. It must be said. So anyway, they all stare at some results for a bit because yes. something is travelling faster than light. And importantly, I don't know why I noticed this, but it really irked me. Whenever Pertwee talks to Doctor Tyler. He calls him Professor Tyler, as if to say there's only one doctor here, mate. <laughs> he just downgrades him to a professor. So, the doctor and... Surely, Jill... surely Professor is an upgrade. Well, I don't know, either way. You know you know how Pertwee, whatever he says, it's always like a bit, you know, a bit of a, sounds like oh, a bit of a he's... put down, doesn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like, there is never any doubt that he is... He's the smartest person in this room. And also, he could probably take you in a fight. Yeah, we'll come to that. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, Tyler develops the results and then turns into some slime as well. Mm. I, I couldn't really work out what that was. It's like weird static slime. So, yeah. the brig... I, 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 people are down on this effect. I like this effect. Mm. Like, I mean, it's very hokey, but, you know, 10 out of 10 for effort. They're really trying something. And I imagine on a tiny little screen, possibly not even a colour screen, Hmm. um, back in 1973, it was probably very effective. So, the brig finds him missing, so calls Benton to look for him. And then one of my highlights of this story is the little bit of music that plays whilst the Doctor's driving round in Bessie, where it's like... And there's no rhythm, no two bars of that song are the same. It like just like... Good Good old Dudley Simpson. Love the score on this one. So Joe sees the big slime that took Mr. Tyler grow, so they rub and... The slime eats Bessie and goes down the drain. Ah, oh, R.I.P. Bessie. Yeah. Um, I, I also like Pert- Pertwee's horrible. Did you think that was the here, moment? Isn't it? He's like, you do exactly what I say. When I say run, run. And yeah, he's saving a life, but come on, mate. Yeah, it's it's his way of doing it. Yeah. Um, that I I will say with 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 Bessie going, is it that moment? You know when you're watching a show. And some minor characters seem to to die or be spirited away in some way. And like, oh, no, this is serious. And then a main character goes, you're just like, oh, fine. They'll all be back at the end then. Yeah. It, it's Bessie an important enough main character I don't know. When, that when, you, you when have that like reaction. Written out? Does Tom Baker drive Bessie? Um, I don't believe so, no. Right. I don't think he has any interest in, in, in Bessie. I'm trying to think whether it is addressed in Planet of the Spiders or not. I've only watched Planet of the Spiders once, I think. And, uh, yeah, I can't remember. But 
what happens to Bessie in that, if it took anything at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we should move on. Okay. So, yeah. The face in the static result x-ray thing was the face of Mr. Ollis. So, mm. the doctor... Genuinely creepy, don't you think? Uh... That sort of, like, x-ray of... Like his face, sort of like ghostly, be, superimposed it'd have been over that. Scarier if it looked anything like him. <laughs> that is clearly like some intern in the props department, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so the doctor suggests to the brig that something is hunting the doctor. It's claimed people accidentally whilst looking for him. So it knew mm. the doctor was around. That's how it took Ollis and Tyler. Yeah. So, big lumps appear at Unit HQ. Ah, uh, they like they are definitely prototype Mister Blobbies, mm. aren't they? Yeah, but like, even the even the noise they make. That's all right. But in keeping with the Doctor's like peaceful ways, everyone just opens mm-hmm. fire, just starts shooting them. But yeah, joke, well, this is Unit. Jokes on them because the big blobs start shooting back. Yeah, I, I mean, I tell you, it, it it's not a unit-era story if there isn't at least one scene of a bunch of unit grunts just uh, perpetually spraying bullets at a load of rubbery foam monsters uh, with seemingly absolutely no impact yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. Do, do, do you want to say five rounds rapid? Because that's what like Doctor Who fans love, isn't it? We we do enjoy it when when the brigadier says five round rapids in yeah. that one story, yes. but that's a different one to this one. Though there is a connection to the demons, uh, other than the obvious overlapping characters, which we will get to. Okay, so the slime creeps into Unit HQ and deletes a wall. So the Doctor, Joe, and Bennett hide in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Doctor sends an SOS to the Time Lord. So they begin beaming things from a black hole because this is a force in the universe of antimatter. They're just words, yeah. aren't they? That's just some yeah. that's just some words. It it is uh, okay, as as uh as sciencing Doctor Who stories go, it is not amongst the most rigorous. <laughs> it must be said. But I think I think what matters really with with science fantasy like this is is the logic internally consistent within the story? And I do think it passes that test. So that's enough for me. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. So, it turns out that no Time Lords can come to help. So they suggest, Mm -hmm. well, why don't we send the same Time Lord? But the the law of time forbids the Doctor to save himself... Mm-hmm. Except on this occasion, they just say, "Yeah, that's fine, whatever." Yeah, time lords just make shit up as they go along. Right now, I'm... what what did you think of the time lords in this story? Um, I... they were okay. We're, we're pre fancy collars here. Yeah, I just you may felt notice. they weren't the fully fleshed. They hadn't reached the conclusion of what a time lord was at this point. That's no, they. To be honest, they basically seem like a bunch of middle managers yeah. in an office. Yeah, you're not far wrong. They've, they've just got slightly sparkly robes. <laughs> but it's just a lot of middle-aged, you know, slightly balding 
blokes just wondering, going, oh, no, we can't do that. It would contradict the laws of time. Well, you've been working on that impression. <laughs> it's spot on, isn't it? Yeah. So, David, I've, I've got to say something here. Of course. Right. Troughton appears. And he does. You know I don't like Troughton. I do. But I kind of like Troughton and Pertwee together. They, uh, they were great in The Five Doctors together, and they're pretty yeah. good here, aren't they? I like they Troughton are. as the... like a dumb sidekick for Pertwee. The, th- the, the thing that is so great about it is that you've got... The thing that I love when looking at specifically at those two is you've got a respected actor of stage and screen in Patrick Troughton just playing the fool with his doctor and then you've got Pertwee previously mostly only known for comedic roles playing it with a completely straight bat as his doctor um and so it's it, it's it's your classic comedy double act of 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 clown and straight man but the roles are kind of reversed to the way you'd expect them to be cast, but it absolutely works. You know, yeah, Troughton is such a good foil for the pomposity of uh, Pertwee's Doctor. Yeah. And um, you can tell yeah, they're I love having together. a bit of a laugh together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Patrick Troughton appears and he and Pertwee have a little bit of an argument and they have to explain mm-hmm. to Joe what's going on. Yeah, so this is, of course, this is, this is um, we, we should acknowledge how unprecedented this is. We almost take it for granted these days, the idea of a multi-doctor story. Mm. But you'll notice the way it's handled here, like they really, really want to hammer home to the, to the, to the, um, uh, the the kids watching. This is the same character. It's just the one from before. Yeah. Um, and like, and and this shouldn't happen, but we've decided that it will. And here they go. And like the way they talk about each other, they, the doctors almost talk about each other as different people to a greater extent than I think you see in later multi doctor stories, where they're much more willing to just openly acknowledge, oh yes, we are the same person at different yeah. points in our personal history. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And, like, yeah, it, this this absolutely kind of gives us the template in many ways for every subsequent multi-Doctor story. In you get more than one incarnation of the Doctor together, uh, Doctor together, the first thing they do is bicker with each other and... Uh, take just petty pot shots at their appearance. Yeah. Yeah. So the brigadier shoots one of the big blobs and mm-hmm. the doctors do a bit of a mind meld to see what's going on. Yes. As as was later featured in Spyfall. Mm. If you remember with um uh Whitaker and uh the master doing the whole contact thing. I think it maybe happens once or t- other time, times in uh, classic, but this was this was the first time, and um, it was never done in You Who until Spyfall. So yeah, this is the origins of that moment. Uh, and then I've just put in brackets. I hate Troughton's recorder. It is the worst musical yeah. instrument. I'd rather he played. I don't know. A 
tambourine. Re- the, the recorders. Thing- I remember being at primary school and them trying to coax me into playing a recorder. And it was crap. Mm. And I hated it and it was boring. The thing about recorders is if you give a five-year-old a shitty cheap plastic recorder yes of course it's going to sound crap but if you actually get like you know a a a quartet or whatever of of people playing really nicely handmade wooden recorders playing uh you know uh, medieval music written for recorder that can sound glorious. Um, I would defend the recorder as an instrument with a lot of potential, but it must be said that the tendency to use it as a beginner's instrument for uh, untalented children does mean that the overwhelming majority of recorder music made in the 20th and 21st century is bloody horrible. <laughs> right. So the Time Lords are sick of watching these two clowns argue. So yeah. they need to send in Daddy, don't they, to sort it all out. So they send Hartnell. Now, I know Hartnell was in bad health at this point. Yes. But yeah. his interjection in the story, where he just FaceTimes them, I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure I liked that. They had to do something. I think is what it ultimately comes down to. They'd originally written a version of this story where he was much more actively involved. And I think it was only when they sort of went to him, it, it kind of became clear that, oh no, he's not up to this. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they drastically, and I think at quite short notice, rewrote it to give him a much more minimal role. But at the end of the day, the whole point was it was meant to be a celebration of all the doctors. So they couldn't write him out. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it is a shame that he's obviously just sat in a room on a chair reading from cue cards. Mm. And it, the performance isn't there, I think is what it comes down to. That the spark that he has when he was in the role initially, it, it's just not there in, in this little performance. But, and that's, you know... It does kind of bum you out if you think too much about it. Well, I've, I've got two words for you, David. Yep. Richard Herndall. Should have got him. <laughs> in. I would have smashed it. Yeah. Right. So we find out that all this energy is a time bridge to be crossed. Hartnell disappears and Pertwee and Joe enter the time bridge. Yeah. That's the end of episode one. So, nice. into episode two, Benton and Troughton try to work out what's going. Uh, sorry, what's going on. Uh, one of the blobs fizzes at them, but Troughton just continues to investigate. Just ignores that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the yep. brig sees Troughton and suspects that he made Joe vanish. So, you know, he's not happy that a unit member of staff has disappeared and there's someone here claiming to be the Doctor. Yeah. Even though the Brig knows him, and he knows this doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> the Time Lords argue for a bit, and Pertwee and Joe uh, wake up, thinking they're dead, and a mm-hmm. blob follows them. Uh, I mean, they're not dead, though, is it? It's, it's clearly just a quarry. Yeah. Yeah. I kind Imagine of... Imagine if I that don't... was heaven. 
You've lived a good <laughs> life, David. You wake up and you're just in like a basalt quarry. <laughs> it would be. Um, I think you know what. Yeah, no, this seems about right. It's about what I deserve. Um, Not me. I'll be down there. <laughs> right. What, Cornwall? Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's what, what I assume heaven's like, Cornwall. We're all just surfing and eating pasties. <laughs> oh, if only. Um, okay, right. So uh, I, I, I do want to say, with, with regards to the quarries, I don't know whether it was an intentional choice of like uh, it i don't know when quarries became a bit of a meme within doctor who mm-hmm. you know uh certainly by the time we were growing up in the 90s like it was one of the standard things when you talk about about doctor who it was it was rubber monsters and quarries uh, in rickety sets um but i don't know whether it was just like a conscious nod to that whether they they genuinely were just like, well, we need something to represent this universe made of antibatter. I don't know. There's a quarry 50 miles up the road. Should we do that? Yeah. So Troutman and the Brig realise they're being outsmarted, but they don't know how. Uh, Pertwee and Joe find all the missing stuff. It turns out it wasn't destroyed. It had just been teleported away. So they jump yeah. in Bessie and drive off as a blob follows them. No music at this mm-hmm. point. That mm-hmm. Bessie music's been and gone. Um, so I didn't get this bit. The Brigadier explains to Troughton that he needs to pose as Pertwee's assistants because they're going to a big meeting and they just never go to that meeting. There's just this scene oh. to kill time. <laughs> it is. It is a little bit ki- uh, time killing. Uh, I think it was. He said that he was on, on the call with Geneva, because of course Geneva is the headquarters for Unit internationally, um, and he didn't want to have to explain the whole one person, two different phases at different points in their timelines. So uh, he thought the easiest thing would just be say. He's the Doctor's sister because it's purely for them at this point in their history. Geneva are pretty used to the Pertwee Doctor showing up on calls mm-hmm. to, you know, rattle off some uh, some sciency boffiny stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Uh, but no, they're not. They're not going to spring for a for a set for an extra room. Come off it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Unit headquarters exists solely of that one laboratory room and a corridor. Yeah. The rest is like, oh my god, you have to will it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's what they were all doing all the way through Doctor Who's production, man. So there was no money, they just had to will each <laughs> each prop into existence. So Benton keeps watch. And he's like, don't worry, I've got this. But it all goes wrong immediately, so they all go and hide mm-hmm. in the TARDIS. Uh, Dr. Tyler appears in the same quarry as Joe and Pertwee. And yeah. They're... Completely unflustered by it, I might add. Ah, uh, he's one cool guy. He's like that guy out of Flux. They should have made it the same character. <laughs> he is kind of similar, though. I, 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 I don't know. I find Dr. Tyler kind of annoying. Oh. Uh, especially on this one, too. 
Every character in this story is annoying, David. <laughs> Every character. Right, so they're being watched by King of the Slimes. Uh, Troutman and the Brigadier argue for what seems an eternity. Pertwee, yeah. Joe and Tyler are captured and taken to the Slime Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler wants to run off, but the Doctor wants to know who trapped them. So Tyler legs it and is immediately returned. And his, <laughs> his, his will is destroyed in that exact moment. Yeah. Uh, Just a man crushed. So Troughton and the Brig manage to contact the unit. Hartnell FaceTimes Troughton again to tell, tell him to turn off the TARDIS force field. Uh, mm-hmm. He does so, and Unit HQ is transported away. Yeah. That's the end of episode two. Episode three begins with the Slime King appearing, and it's Omega. Aha! Good old Omega. What a now, great I villain. Yes. Did you recall, when we were talking... Um, second reference to Spyfall here... Um, when we watched Spyfall and we talked about that reveal of O is the master, uh-huh. I was convinced in that scene as it was playing out before he said it, that we were going to have it revealed that he was Omega somehow. Mm. And I was like, oh, 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 here we go. We're doing Omega. And then, no, it's, uh, it was the master again. And I, uh, I, I have grown to love Sasha Dewan's master. Don't get me wrong. But, Omega is due a comeback. Yeah. Like, we need Omega in Yoo Hoo. What's, what's Omega? I, I, I get confused. So, Omega and yeah. the guy from the Five Doctors, they're mates, aren't they? Uh, which guy from the. Oh, Rassilon, yeah. yes. And they're yeah. mates with Tech Tayoon, are they? Um. Tectane's a more recent invention. I don't know whether it's mentioned specifically, but certainly Tectane is the one that discovered... So basically, Rassilon and Omega are the ones that are responsible for time travel. Tectane is responsible for harnessing regeneration. So... Yeah, uh, but but um, Omega is is kind of like Tectane in that sort of almost mythic figure within Time Lord history. Um... And I, I love the whole concept of, like, he gives the Time Lords this power with with which they become one of the dominant forces of the universe, and his reward for that is just basically being stuck in a black hole. Yeah. For all I, of eternity. Well, you, you would go a bit bonkers, wouldn't well, you? As a villain origin story, that is great. It, it really is. It really is. And he's... he's only makes one major reappearance in Classic Who. Mm-hmm. And other than that, you're having to dig into novels and big finish and stuff to get any any uh, Omega content, really. Uh, I don't like uh, it. Which much. I think is a shame. Don't worry, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I, I was just saying, like, with New Who, it's been long enough, surely, we're due, we're due a bit of Omega. Imagine if they make him like the the big bad for Shooty Gatwa's first season. Yeah. That would be fun, wouldn't it? I'd be up for that. Right. So he was thought to be destroyed and he wants revenge. Tyler and Joe are imprisoned. Omega was abandoned after a dangerous mission. However, Pertwee says you were heralded as a hero. 
A hero, David, who can magically summon chairs at will. Oh, I wish I had that ability. Yeah. As superpowers go, that is a pretty good one. Yeah. So, Omega needs a You know what would be even better? If you could summon a chair and a sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not... Maybe a little footstool. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, I suppose. If, you, if you're going... If you're going for for the, for those two, you you gotta you gotta get the big three, haven't you? Yeah. Really, you gotta get the footstool in. There. I tell you what, you you put in a lap blanket and I'm sold. <laughs> right. So yeah, Omega needs a Time Lord to help him, and he receives a message to say Troughton's also here. Uh, the brig insists that they leave the TARDIS, and he sees the desolation outside the building. Uh, yeah. The brig continues to ignore all of Troughton's advice and they're chased by a giant slime. Yeah, this is this is what I'm talking about. The, the brig is like look, he he's always a little bit, you know, stiff off a lip, off a lip. I won't believe it till I see it, all of that. Fine, I get that. That's that's who he is. But here it's pushed to the point of you're just being thick now, mate. Like, just look out a window. Have you not been paying attention to all... You, you, you know, you've been watching... You've seen your own men shooting at giant blob monsters and people have been vanishing out of thin air. Do you not think maybe there might be something to this? Yeah. Um, it, it is slightly annoying. So, Ollis approaches the brig and we see Benton and Troughton led away by the slimes. So they reach... Pertwee and Troughton, who Omega yep. recognises as a Time Lord. Uh, Pertwee and Troughton finally stop fighting and begin to work together and work out they're close to a singularity, mm -hmm. uh, which Omega discovered was maybe the fuel for time travel. I mean, sure, but these are just words, aren't they? Okay. I like this bit where everyone's overthinking it and Joe just points out they can will things into reality. So she just thinks of a door and they could exist. And yeah. they do that and leave. Um, Pertwee and Troughton head to the Singularity to be halted by Omega. And Omega attacks with the dark side of his mind. <laughs> yes. Um, you know what? I, I, I before we get into it, I just remembered. Um, you know, we we haven't talked specifically about the vocal performance of Omega, um, but this was where this is where the demons um, parallel comes in because Omega is being played uh, by a chap called Bok. Stephen Thorne. A chap called Bok. Not a little grey. Not Bok. <laughs> not Bok, but uh, uh, Azul the. Uh, Azal even the 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 big demon in the demons, yeah, it's the same performer. Um, it's a great vocal performance. It's I mean it's so like over the top villain. Yeah, uh, and yeah, this whole sequence of John Pertwee wrestling in slow motion in a black void. Yeah, just with a man in a weird mask. There's a bit where you see Pertwee throw a punch 
And there yeah. is no way it didn't hurt the other actor. <laughs> like, you know, I, I've seen enough, enough stage fights to know what's happening. Perfectly <laughs> intentionally hurt the co-worker. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. And I... Uh, I, I... Yeah, go on. This gave me weird flashbacks to when we watched that Troughton story. Remember when we saw that unicorn? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, it gave me weird flashbacks to that. Yeah, it's definitely you kind of you're you're outside of reality for this for this moment. But mm. I love it as a visual represent, representation and I love it in that way that a, a common theme with Pertwee stories is um, them finding some sort of way to shoehorn in this famously pa- um, non-aggressive, non-violent character to yeah, to, it's like, you know uh, have I'll, I'll battle have you a fight with my scene. mind in a punch yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, you know if you if you said to uh, me that you were going to challenge me to a battle of wills and then slapped me, I don't think I'd be happy with that. Day. Yeah, I mean, Matt, you know, if I said if I said I was going to challenge you to a battle of wills, the next thing that would happen would be I slapped down a couple of Magic: The Gathering decks. Yeah, <laughs> there is no, there is no other way that's going. Yeah, yeah. just shout your move as we throw Yu-Gi-Oh cards on the table. <laughs> right, so everyone else is freed by the brig. They all run back towards the TARDIS. Uh, Pertwee, again, another sentence I didn't think I'd write down. Pertwee scraps with Omega's goblin brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hartnell talks to the Time Lords. And then I couldn't fathom this as an ending. They're just like, oh, well, Pertwee's getting battered, so we best send old man Hartnell to fight. Like, what's he going to do? I I couldn't wait. I imagined they were going to have a totally miscast stunt double. Just dressed up as Hartnell, throwing punches left, right and centre. I mean, to be honest, it wouldn't be the first time we've had a horribly miscast stunt double as Hartnell. Uh, You may may know what I'm referring to one day, but I'll I'll leave that one. You better not be talking about Richard Hurdle. I am not. I'm not. I'm referring to um, an episode of The Chase. Anyway. um, Right. Shall we continue? So we're on to episode four now. We are. Right. So the Brig et al. head to Unit HQ in Bessie, whilst Omega continues to threaten the Doctor. Troughton points out that Omega has a temper and we can, you know, use this, but we can't escape the singularity if he forfeits control. If he ceases to exist, everything he's willed into existence, including the world they're currently inhabiting, also ceases to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this reveal when they unmask Omega, but there's nothing left. Yeah. Of yeah. And you know what? Good vision effect for the time. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. But it really works. It, it, you know, the way it's framed with the two doctors standing behind and and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like it. So he exists solely because he wills himself into existence. Mm-hmm. So when they point that out to him, he goes absolutely mad and vows to destroy everything. 
Oh, yeah. You know, this is the point when, when the actor's just like, I studied at Rana and I am going to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. If you know um, you're being like, heralded as a hero, that's one way to redeem yourself, isn't it? To just go absolutely mm -hmm. berserk. Uh, yeah. So the brig shouts at everyone, needlessly, whilst the doctors arrive at the TARDIS. Uh, the Time Lords worry Hartnell didn't make it, and the TARDIS begins to beep because it's Hartnell FaceTiming them again. Yeah. Uh, he can't physically be there. Yeah. That, that's that. But, yep. Uh, you know, that's how they explain that. He just goes, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. No, I just can't. It, it, it does start to come across almost like, like uh, the first Doctor just doesn't want to be there. He yeah. just can't be asked. You know, he's he's had Vicky rabbiting on at him all morning. He's just he just wants to have a sit down and a cup of tea. Right. He doesn't want to be bothered with all this nonsense. So they all mind meld, come up with a plan which is high risk. It involves forfeiting Troughton's recorder. Who uh, I, I didn't mention that. He lost it earlier. And every yeah. five bloody minutes he's just like oh no we're being chased and you don't happen to have seen my recorder and then they're like what's going on and he's like oh well we're close to a singularity and you don't happen to have seen my recorder just right we yeah. get it uh, yeah but of course it's you know it's Chekhov's recorder of course it's going to come back in the final act yeah dropped inside a portable some... force field that is also yeah, mentioned loads earlier on yeah, to, to act as a sort of trigger for some kind of antimatter bomb? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The... Only in Doctor Who, Matt. Yeah. Only in Doctor Who. <laughs> right, I'm going to go through this because I, I, I yeah. don't even know if it makes sense to me now. Omega allows the yeah. TARDIS to teleport home. If Omega frees everyone else, the Doctor will stay to help him which Omega accepts. So everybody steps through some smoke to get sent home. It takes mm -hmm. ages. This episode could be 10 minutes shorter. <laughs> this bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just they, like, they oh, well, I'm not going out. first. Oh, well, I better step <laughs> through it. I better walk slowly right across the entire set up to it and then have a little now, speed. Oh, it, this drive is mad. I, li I, I like I like Joe and the Briggs exits because they they feel meaningful. Like you know, especially I mean, oh, Katie Manning plays this moment so well because you really believe she is really worried that she will never see the Doctor again, and that kind of you know, she doesn't want to lose a friend in these circumstances, and and like she plays it perfectly. And I also really like the Briggs comparatively understated you know fond farewell and the little salute before he goes through beautiful it is completely undermined by having to watch um dr tyler um mr rollis and uh, sergeant benton going through first and that takes forever and it's just like there is no significance to any of these characters leaving no. Do you think the doctor's um, really going to miss Mr. Ollis when he leaves? <laughs> <laughs> right. I expect not. So the doctor's gift yeah. Omega the force field, but he gets angry. Mm -hmm. 
and blows up the planet. The doctors have escaped in the TARDIS because the recorder was protected by a portable force field which was protecting real matter. So when it goes to the universe of antimatter, it eats all the antimatter and it all just goes mad. Yeah. Okay. Hartnell calls in again, just to say hello. Helpful. Yeah, that's nice. And Troughton disappears. Yeah. Okay. Back to his own time. So the Brig, Benton and Tyler get back to work. Mm-hmm. And the Time Lords have forgiven Pertwee and grant him back his freedom. The TARDIS can go off-world again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the writers were really sick of having to do contemporary Earth-centric stories. <laughs> As you can see with this episode. <laughs> they were just desperate to get away for a bit. And just to bookend, when you need a real pertinent like ending... We just get Ollis mm-hmm. and his wife, where she's like, where have you been? Where have you been? And he just goes, oh, where's me supper? The end. <laughs> I love that little gag at the end. Yeah, just... I I, I like that, because I think that is so well observed. I think, you know, we, we live in North Yorkshire. We, we've encountered a few Mr. Ollis's in our time, yeah. surely. I mean, we're slowly turning into him, so... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you wouldn't believe me, love. There's a supper on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I, I I love that. Um so yeah, it's it's not it's not exactly Shakespeare, no. But I think as a jolly little celebration of ten years of television history, I don't think the three doctors is too shabby. No, it's alright. Yeah. It's uh, certainly going to be better than whatever we're watching next week. Um, Whatever book Torchwood's able to sling them away. But before we go, what did our listeners make of The Three Doctors, Matt? Right. Let me... Let me see. Right. So, when we announced we were doing The Three Doctors, the first tweet Mm -hmm. comes from BT Flibbity Giggard. Do you want to say hello, David? Greetings, curator. Right, it's, it's been 200 episodes now, David. Do, do we kill off the say hello, David joke? I mean, I, I would be more than happy to, but uh, I follow your lead with these matters, Matt. Right, I'm going to say we're killing it off, but I might have forgotten by next week. Oh, okay. Right. okay. Don't give me hope, Matt. So, I wonder what amount of time, if you listen to every episode, how long is mm-hmm. it if I put all the hellos back to back? Like, an, imagine an hour of your life just being listening to you uh, say hello. Don't don't make me think about how much time I have wasted doing this podcast with you, Matt. Oh, too much, too much. When we get to the end of Torchwood Series 1, I'm going to add up all the time again. Right. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, BT says, yes, the plot is shaky, but this is about watching Pertwee and Troughton bounce off each other and establish the now default all Doctors hate each other dynamic for the first time. Add in Hartnell's unfortunately small final role in anything, and it's a really fun time. Yep, agreed. Okay. Uh, Then we have a message from James Swift 
So whatever you're doing right now, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, can you just press pause and go listen to James Swift's new song? I think it's called Three Musketeers. It's on Spotify. Listen to it now. Okie doke. There we go. He's just a good guy. We've got to help him out, David. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like some of the other absolute turds that listen to this. Right. <laughs> he says it's absolutely one of his favourite classics. Unlike The Five Doctors, he watched it with a lot more context of classic Doctor Who. And with that, got a lot more context of the references and what they meant. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't... I, I mean... I certainly get why people jump in with Classic Who with the Five Doctors, but that is not a good intro. I, uh, I like this, how the Three in Doctors some ways, doesn't really have Three Doctors in it, and the Five Doctors doesn't really have Five Doctors in it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, they've never quite managed that, I don't think. No, on, if anything, the Five screen. Doctors should be called the Three Doctors. Um, and, and spoiler, we do later get the Two Doctors... Okay. Um, but one of the doctors in question, uh, li- like canonically, it makes um, the- there are references which mean that it can't possibly fit in their their st- standard timeline as as it's established on TV. Um, they visibly aged, and they make no effort to hide it whatsoever. They don't even like dye their hair so it looks appropriate. <laughs> um, and also that that visiting doctor spends the majority of the story, story acting completely out of character um, because of plot reasons. Right. So it barely... <laughs> like, they, they, they might as well be playing a different character for most of it. I don't know what it is about specifically the multi-doctor stories where they're called the uh, insert number here doctors, but <laughs> there's always sort of caveats to that. Next message comes from your friend and mine, podcasting's Mr. Nice, Mark of Quality from the All of Time and Space podcast. Do you want to say hello, David? Hello, Mark. Oh, you did that without me, like... Mm. Right. Yeah, well, it's it's the last time. Might as well make the most of it. Yeah, now you've gained free will. Maybe you'll want to say <laughs> hello to people. Right. Nah. Mark says, one final farewell for William Hartnell. Troughton is superb. And gives an acting masterclass to Pertwig, who clearly can't keep up. I think mm. Mark's trying to poke the bear a bit there, because me and, I, him, me and him have had crosswords in the old pa- uh, Pertwig versus Troughton debate. And he fa- what, what, what is Mark's beef with, with Pertwig? I don't know. I think it's the same as me, just doesn't like him. Like, for me, with Troughton. Right, I say it's completely irrational. Yeah, just oh, can't put my finger on it. Don't like him. Suspicious of Trout, and he's a shady guy. I bet he steals. Right. I mean, I mean, he doesn't do much of anything. Well, I was going to say I should probably keep it off pod, but there's some stuff I can tell you about Trout that will definitely won't won't improve his <laughs> your opinion of him. Right. Well. Having already slandered the, the Queen, uh, I think I'll stick yeah. to being all right about Troughton. Uh, so Mark okay. finishes by saying Troughton is majestic, as he is in all his other stories, leaving poor old Big Bird as the third best Doctor in this anniversary special. <laughs> to be fair, Big Bird is a funny thing to call Pertwee. 
That is. James Courtney chimes um, in supporting Mark's bullying. So, you know. <laughs> I tell you what, James Courtney, he's like Richard the Hamster Hammond supporting Jeremy Clarkson, aka Mark. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's that kind of dynamic, is it? Yeah. Right. Final tweet, David, comes from. I'm, I'm assuming this is from Luke from the Who Can Convince You podcast because we haven't heard from Harry since. Um, yeah. Who says, It's wonderful. The three doctors work incredibly well together. The story is tight and snappy. Omega is a brilliant foe. And the quarry is the most Doctor Who location ever. I found my VHS yeah. copy the other day that had a three doctors postcard inside. Nine out of ten for me. Let's be honest, that's that's clearly Harry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, great. I'm, I'm I'm glad that people have been broadly positive because there there are some negative things out there. Um, like I was reading on Wikipedia, Alistair Wilkins, who's who is um, a uh, writer who's written a lot of stuff about uh, classic Who and a lot of other stuff, and has a a very good, um, albeit rather sporadic, uh, Doctor Who podcast of his own. Called it the worst um, Doctor Who story of the, of the nineteen seventies. I think he said. Um, which I find utterly baffling. It's um, so it, it's nice to see that our listenership, at least, by and large, have good taste. Yeah. Oh, it, it turns out Patrick Troughton had a series of affairs. You you like? Oh, you you've started googling it, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> you piqued my interest. He also used to make yeah. a habit of peeing when he played golf. Uh, mm-hmm. And he he famously wanted to play the second Doctor in blackface and had to be persuaded otherwise. Um, so Doctor Who actor Patrick <laughs> Troughton left his wife months after she gave birth to their third child to live with his girlfriend, with whom he had three children. He maintained a deception of having stayed with his original family and his own mother died unaware of the truth 24 years later. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a complicated man. Yeah. It's fair to say. Yeah. But no, everyone's right. Yeah, he's better than he's better than Pertwee. Good old Pertwee. I'm just going to quickly <laughs> Google John Pertwee controversy. Just to oh, make no. sure. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> um, a good way to I end, don't, I can't it? imagine, I can't imagine he's, he's got a, a uh, completely spotless record um, so a corporate ad depicting John Pertwee as the third doctor recently resurfaced online in which he said something quite crude uh, oh yeah he speaks about a woman's breasts mm-hmm. alright um, let, let's never repeat that because next week I don't want to google John Barrowman controversy <laughs> yeah we don't want that as a recurring segment that's for sure right um but that was episode okay. 200 david did you enjoy yourself matt uh several times <laughs> oh good yeah what about you i'm glad oh yeah i had a great time um yeah here's to another 200 eh yeah i'm just trying to think when this episode airs david we must only be like three or four weeks from announcing the Wheelie Big Quiz. 
Yeah, probably. So we need to make a call whether have I got who's for you and let us letters whether they die or not. Oh, they definitely die. Okay. Right. They they will be at the very least arrested. Yeah. It's important to know that Doctor Who magazine is still on my floor from last time we recorded. <laughs> Excellent. Um all right then. So it only remains for me to, to mention what we are going to be watching next week. As I say, back to Torchwood. We're gonna we're gonna grind out the remainder of series one. Uh beginning with episode eight. They keep killing Susie. Right, well. Interesting title. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but we felt Probably the most interesting before. title we've had so. Do you remember when you told me Countryside was an interesting title? Yeah. <laughs> well, we shall have to wait and see. Um, so it only remains for me to say uh, thank you, dear listener, for joining us for our 200th episode and presumably at least a few prior because uh, who dives into a podcast on episode 200? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I uh, think it's important um, to say uh, we did get some nice messages. Thank you. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, David cried. Yeah. I had to edit that <laughs> bit out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, genuinely, anyone who 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 wrote to us personally, uh, thank you so much. It it, it is uh, gratifying and baffling in equal equal measure to know that there are people out there. Uh, who listen and who derive any kind of pleasure from what we do uh, but I'm, I am grateful that you do so, uh, so thank you ever so much um, and until next time cheerio, bye now Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.